Hey guys, brand new podcast, brand new podcast, brand new podcast. I'm in host voice. My wife's cleaning out the chicken coop. Um, and I'm getting ready to go to San Antonio at Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club down by the Riverwalk, down by the Riverwalk. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it doesn't behoove me to say this, but I also point out that, uh, that Felipe Esparza is down at, uh, in San Antonio this weekend too. He's at the improv. Um, I only say it cause he's a fantastic comic. One of my favorite comics, no joke. And I know you guys love him. So I thought I'd let you guys know he's down there too. So go see two comedy shows or just see one. It doesn't, it doesn't piss me off. I want, I want you guys. I want to share with you guys the real, keep it real motherfucker. And I'd go see Felipe. Definitely. I wouldn't see him over me. I mean, but I would definitely go see him anyway. Let's just fucking do this. Uh, Laugh Out Loud San Antonio, Helium Portland uh, the next week, Richmond Funny Bone the weekend after that. Uh, I think those shows are almost sold out. So if you're in Richmond, get your tickets now. Uh, call and Sick to Work show, show in D.C. Sold out in one minute. I bring that up on this podcast. I was very, very proud. I got a text from Elliot, and he was like, dude, one minute. I was like, shut the fuck up. The next week, Columbus Funny Bone. Uh, I am uh, at the Columbus Funny Bone on the 17th of March. St. Patty's Day, doing a call-in sick-to-work show. That show will sell out. It sold out last year, and we will be drinking all night. And then I got a show the next day at some fucking college. Good luck, college. <coughs> I will do my best to be sober. On the 25th is Doug Stanhope's birthday. Um, send him a card. Send him a present. I think we should all send him a present. I'll get his address. I'm sure he puts it out. But just let's all send him birthday presents. The Omaha Funny Bone the weekend after that. By the way, Omaha's got one uh, one-stop I'm going to try to do a podcast with Larry the Cable Guy that weekend. Oh, two, three eggs? Oh, our chickens are laying eggs again. Fantastic. You stepped in dog shit? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, Omaha Funny Bone. Omaha has a direct flight. I'd like to do a podcast with Larry the Cable Guy. Can everyone hit up Larry? Um, so I'll be there the 31st and 1st of April. <coughs> Wise Guys, Salt Lake City, Wild West Comedy Festival, although I cannot find myself... Huntsville, Alabama, the day before that. Shut the fuck up. I got a cold. I got it in uh, London. All right, let's just start the podcast. Real quick, Pete Holmes' show on HBO, Crashing, is fucking awesome. So if you haven't seen it, uh, put it in your DVR, watch it. Thank you, everyone who DVR'd my comedy special. I just got the numbers on how many people DVR'd it, and I was astounded. Um, So if you haven't DVR'd it, Artie Lang's fucking amazing. Pete, obviously, is amazing. It's great from beginning to end. It really is fucking great. Um, so check it out. And and if you're a comedy fan, you'll just love it. It's everyone's in it. Big J's in it. It was it's really fucking phenomenal. Um, is that it? No advertiser this week. <coughs> no advertiser. I'm coughing like a motherfucker. Today's guest is a British comedian. Uh, this is a podcast I am very, very proud of. I think you're going to absolutely love it. It is the reason I have a podcast. The reason I have a podcast is not uh, is not to for this mo- moment. I'm very uncomfortable in this, by the way. I feel like I ramble. Anyway, the reason I have it is so I can hang out with other comics, get to know them, and make friends. That's that's the main thing. You know, I don't get. To, it's hard to schedule time to like hang out with people. When you're a grown man with kids, I have a hard enough time calling in my avails to the store because my wife's like, you're home for three fucking days. Be a dad. But this is a perfect reason to have a podcast. It's the reason I'm friends with Ryan Singer, with Shane Moss, with Duncan, with, I mean, 
we all just Joey, or we all just hung out and podcast, and you spend three hours with somebody, and you really just talking you and them one on one, and it's amazing. And this podcast is the perfect example. I said to everyone I was coming out to the UK. You guys hit me up with a bunch of comics. I reached out to a couple of them, and this guy was one of them. His name's Al Murray, and he very casually we talk about this in podcast. He very casually goes, "Yeah, I can do it." Like just very flippant. By the way, he replied. He's got like 500,000, 400,000 Twitter followers. <coughs> so I was like, wow, this is a, this guy's oddly approachable. Uh, he came out to where I was staying. I was staying at a friend's house. He came over. He dressed really nicely. I had to, I got to mention that. Um, and we just talked about everything. First of all, I became obsessed with what he's probably best known as he's extremely extremely famous in the uk for a character he does called the pub landlord the pub landlord is this pub owner i think uh he lives there and runs the pub but he's like bald he's gruff he's xenophobic and he's always believes uh britain is the answer to everyone everything solutions he hates france he hates the germans he hates spaniards it, it's really it's a character i think we'd call it a one man show in our country but in 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 europe where they take more chances doing stand up this is what he's known as and it is fucking hilarious i i first i googled it when i first hit him up and i watched a little bit and i was like yeah, this is good this is really funny and then throughout the process of getting ready to go to london and preparing for the interview I started watching a lot of it, and then I started obsessing with it. And I was like, this is fucking – it's genius. It really is. And I think it's ripe. I think our country's ready for something like this. I mean, I think our country, with what we're going through and what everyone feels and everyone's opinions, dude, this is, quote, unquote, just taking the piss out of all of it. It really is just being funny. And if you want, go and Google uh, his – his him on on or put him on YouTube. There's one he does with the globe where he breaks down every country and its direct effect or the direct effect Britain had on either its success or its failures, or why it is where it is or it just it is fucking it is amazing. And you, I promise you, if you watch it, you will love it as much as I do. And if this podcast isn't to bring shit to you that you've never seen before and you get introduced to and then all of a sudden you fucking love, then what the fuck is this podcast about? And this, my friends, you are going to fucking love. Uh, it's like a almost a three-hour, two-hour, and 30-minute conversation that is seamless. We talk about comedy. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, doing the road. We talk about kids. We talk about the pub landlord. We talk about how it affects and I try to convince him to come to the states and I just got a text from him the other day saying they're looking at September in New York so and I can promise you if he comes to do a show in September in New York I'm flying out with my wife and we're going to watch this fucking show it's that fucking good if you're British you already know who this guy is this descriptions for all the Americans like myself I know everyone in comedy and when I didn't know him I was like man more people need to so without further ado let's start the goddamn podcast huh you want to do it Let's do it. I'll see you this weekend in San Antonio with my ears pierced. That's, that's right. I pierced my ears with my daughter. And because uh, she didn't want to do it. There's a videos on my Instagram. Go check out my Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, the pub landlord himself, Al Murray. This is the podcast. Ah, there we go. Great. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, 
I don't know if I mean New York does podcasts a lot too, but more. I mean L.A. This is yeah. like. I mean, I don't, I don't know a comic in L.A. that doesn't have. A that doesn't have one, right? Doesn't have a couple. Like uh, I think Chris D'Elia has like three podcasts. Really? Well, he had. He had. You know, who Chris D'Elia is. <laughs> no, no, no. Very funny. Um, really good looking. Yeah. Young, talented right. sitcom actor. I hate him. <laughs> Automatically, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he just got a new one, and yeah, I don't know. Are, they, are they about different things? Does he talk? I don't know. I haven't seen his new one. His his new one is in the Bill Burr model, right? Where it's just him speaking. All right. Okay. This is like so. This is the the older format. Is my, I started mine like four years ago. Yeah. It's just talk, comics talking to comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually yeah. I get drunk, but uh, I got to show tonight. <laughs> but, where, are you, where are you playing tonight? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Bill Murray. The Angel Comedy at the Bill oh, Murray. really? I yeah. don't know that one. You see, I've not been a circuit comic for a really long time. I've really? I've been doing my own thing, so... Uh, so, so uh, yeah. I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm absolutely fucking fascinated by you. <laughs> you I, the, I'm not Thanks. joking around. The pub landlord? Yeah. I love that fucking dude. Oh, thank you very much. I love him. He's not me. I'm, I hope, you're, I not know, dis- I hope you're not disappointed. What I find so <laughs> fascinating is like, you know, we don't really have that as much in the states yeah like it would it reminds me of uh of like a real like legit uh um like what what you guys do in edinburgh like a a real presentation like a like a theater show yeah yeah almost what colin quinn's doing but with a character yeah but that's what that's where i come that's the that's the thing i came through was doing edinburgh i was i was um my first in sort of contact with doing stand-up or doing comedy at all was doing stuff in Edinburgh when I was a student, doing review and doing sketches. And, and so I've always kind of had that, uh, that mindset on. And I much prefer um, stand-up over... Uh, I prefer long stuff I, to go and see. I'd, I, I always think stand-up at its best is a long con rather than a mugging, you know? Like, yeah. Like, it, you know, because the, the show I'm touring right now... Is two one-hour halves, you know, and by the by the end of that, you're in a completely different headspace. The audiences to where you started, you know, you can take them take them somewhere else altogether, and that's the that's how I've always that's what I always wanted to do. So, uh, so wait, what's the show you're touring right now? Well, I'm showing a, touring a show right now. It's a pub landlord show called Let's Go Backwards Together, which is about kind of the political mood. So wait, here explain, right now, explain. So <laughs> I. I I'm going to do my best to explain the pub landlord, yeah, well, and then yeah. you, you correct me. Okay, yeah, sure. It is, <laughs> it is a guy who's, uh, who I'm assuming probably voted for Brexit. <laughs> well, yeah, if he hadn't uh, faked his own death. Four times. <laughs> four, four times in pub fires to <laughs> yeah. claim the insurance, yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's, it, he just, he has a distaste for the French and the German. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, I mean... See, I won't say as Americans. I'll just say I don't. I don't really have a grasp of globally what's going on at all, ever. So, like, when you go through and you break down the countries with the big globe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fucking hysterical. Oh, thank you, man. But it's it's a guy who runs, I guess it's an older version. I don't know if they exist anymore. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's a guy that would own his own pub. It's almost like what Louis did on, on... yeah, kind of. and Pete. Yeah, kind of. Although we, we've, we've, I mean, the thing with the pub in this country is, uh, you know, the British like to go on about how much we love our pubs and, and all this sort of thing, but they're a dying institution. So there's a kind of, there's a kind of vibe around them that they're like looking backwards and that they're full of people. Uh, uh, and also there's that drinker's logic 
that you'll encounter at, you know, either two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the afternoon here. Because, you know, we, you, you, you've got this. So what I, I mean, the character came about, I suppose the best way to explain it is, is like how I arrived at the idea is I was doing a show in Edinburgh with a, with a comic called Harry Hill who, who did a thing called TV Burp for a, like a decade, which is kind of like TV soup, a kind of thing like that, a clip show. And we were okay. really good pals. And we were doing a show in Edinburgh and we had a gap to fill in the show, you know, where we didn't have a compare, basically. And the show was on in a bar. And I said, well, why don't we say that the compare's not shown up and the barman's offered to fill in? And he was kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, he, didn't, he basically didn't give a shit. So that's what I went on and did and just started making this stuff up. And the guy's, the character is, he's fiercely patriotic. Yeah. But to the point of massive self-contradiction, you know, so, which I think very often if you are fiercely patriotic, you end up having to do that to yourself. You end up having to contradict yourself to, to, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Cancel yourself out, you know? So he's massively patriotic. He's, uh, misogynistic isn't, isn't right because he doesn't hate women. Yeah. He's terrified of them. You know, it's, it's a world of diff, world of difference, you know? Yeah. Um, he's completely confused about the modern world, about ideas, about sexuality, all this sort of stuff. But mainly he's using all these, the, 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 the xenophobia in it is he's using all these other places and other things to define himself, to say, I'm not that. And that's it basically. And the thing is, is the, 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 when I started doing the character, the margins for what the what the limits appeared really quickly, and once you've worked out the margins, the you know the, I can't remember who which artist was says the great most important part of a portrait is the frame. Once you've got the frame oh, worked yeah. out, you can basically I, I find I can feed any subject into the character, and because it's a point of view, and it comes out the other end funny. Oh, it's so. Because the, cause the thing is, I couldn't do myself. I wouldn't know where to begin if I had to go on a bimmy. I mean, I, the, the people I really admire, people like you, can talk about yourself, talk about things that have happened to you. You know, I, I can't, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to do that. But you do it so well through that other voice. I mean, yeah, kind of, which is kind of what I'm doing, yeah. It's so, you know, I, I for a second felt that American comedy was moving that direction. We had gotten yeah. so politically correct that I, the people I love the most, I noticed that they were doing characters and saying, really horrible things yeah. so they wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they would they would say these things and I would and but because it was behind a character there was no attachment to it. Yeah. So no one could complain. Yeah, yeah. Well that that that's kind of that's kind of one of the things you hope to be able to gain from doing a character. Is yeah. at least is at least I mean what one of the things you try and do is like because if you can't talk about something at all uh how are you ever going to are you ever even going to check that it's something you shouldn't be talking about? You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. How can you ever test an idea if you're just not allowed to talk about it at all? Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think there is that. There, there's always been that here. There's always been that sort of... I mean, I loathe to use the words political correctness because it's used as a... It's used it's used politically to talk about something else anyway. But, like, yeah. you, you know, it's a new set of etiquette, the way that you used to be... People, comics used to be racist. And, yeah. and, and now we'd rather they weren't. It's, I, I mean, it's a shift in etiquette, taste, manners as much as it is anything else, you know. But, but, but I think if you, can't, if you can't say stuff, how are we ever going to bare our teeth at it and go, yeah, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Which is sort yeah. of what I'm doing with the character. But then I get told I shouldn't even be doing that too. You know? I really? Get, I get criticism that, you know, I get the, the people say, they say they don't get your act. Uh, racists or xenophobes agree with your act. They don't get that it's a joke. Um, and, and I sort of think that's funny um, more than anything else. I, think I, I can't, I can't, I can imagine, <laughs> I can imagine there are people that watch it and go, 
That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, anyone yeah. who does that is like, oh, you're, you're part of you is like, I can't believe that you're missing yeah. out yeah. on the irony of this yeah. material. Like, but, but in a weird way, I do, I, like I find myself getting it. Like when, like I, what I, you said something about <laughs> Spain. You're like the the character says yeah, yeah, like yeah. half of them are taking naps. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're, you're talking about siestas, and I yeah. fucking. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is the thing is, is um, a lot. You know, cultural differences aren't necessarily good or bad, are they? They're just differences, and yeah. some of them, things like people taking a siesta. I think that strikes me as absurd, right? And, and and finding that absurd doesn't degrade siestas, doesn't um, undermine Spanish culture. It's just me going, well, I find that ridiculous. I yeah. don't need a nap in the afternoon. What's wrong with you people? And that's all there is to it. You know, there's this, yeah. the idea that that is somehow uh, uh, some sort of um, existential attack on something, which is what we should, you know, which is the things we should be worried about in, the, in this world, you know, yeah. is silly. It really is. You, you know what I mean? And I, I, do. and I don't mind saying it's silly and thinking, and I don't mind. And if someone tells me I'm wrong, fine. We, 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 one of the things we've all got to be able to do a bit more is disagree. You know, you, you, you know what I mean? And it not be at the end of the world. Yeah, it, it is one of those things. And one of the, one of the things I always felt, the, the coolest thing about this is America has, and I'm sure you've noticed this, yeah. but we have such an obsession about race. Yeah. And, and, uh, we all get every time we're we come over here and do stand up. Another comic will always say, "You guys are obsessed about race." Yeah, that's all you guys talk about. Yeah, but I feel like I felt like when I was watching that, I was like, I can't believe <laughs> some American hack hasn't seen this and said, "Oh, I'm just going to do that my version of that guy." Because well, because th- because right now in our country, yeah, dude, that character. I mean, I don't know. But it's just an archetype. The pub landlords, it's an archetype. You but know, that guy because it's Archie is, Bunker. It's, it's Archie Bunker. You know, yeah. yeah. It's, but I can't... Which, is Alf, which, which, which was here first as Alf Garnet, you know, and Archie Bunker was, was uh, franchised off of a sitcom from here. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy, this guy Johnny Spate, was a, was a really, like, socialist left-wing writer and wrote Alf Garnet, and it's a Jewish guy who played him, a guy called Warren Mitchell. And it was massive here. That show was enormous. Really? And... and Colossally mis- misunderstood, you know. You, you had people. You, you know, Warren Mitchell would go to a football match, and people would come up to him and say, "Yeah, you're fucking right about the Jews, man." And he go, "I'm Jewish. Yeah, I'm Jewish. What do you What do you want?" Or they go, "You're right about the blacks," and, he, and he'd, he'd be like, "The joke's on you, buddy." And they they wouldn't know what to make of it. And that their their creation basically spun out of their control. And Archie Bunker's the is the is the the American, uh, you know, they did explicitly franchise it to there. That's so interesting. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. it's got that lineage. But but the thing is, is that you know, the, the the guy who says terrible things, the archetype, that archetype goes back forever. You know, it's the how do we how do we you laugh at the fact that he's saying terrible things because we know they're terrible. You know, come on. I mean, it's uh, the idea that you shouldn't be doing that now is kind of weird. You know, but but they recently. The, the BBC here did this series of where they did all their old sitcoms. They redid a load of old sitcoms, re- recast them, did them in a sort of retro style, and they did that one. And they they did till death do us part. It was called, and they they hid it away and they they cut right back on it because he would use 
what completely forbidden language now in that show. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Can I find those online? Yeah, you'll be able to find those online, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, shit. They're, I mean, they've not aged well, but at the time they were like, you know, they were when we only had two TV channels, oh. you know, the, the comedy that was on at, at nine o'clock or eight o'clock in this country, you, you would reach everyone and could be really, could, could be really incendiary like that, you know. I had a joke... Um I've kind of tried to rework it recently, but one of the punchlines about it was it was I wrote it. It happened right around nine eleven. Yeah, and I was at a bar with a black dude, and a Middle Eastern guy came in. Yeah, in in real life, he didn't do anything. No, uh, but in the joke, I say, I, I, and this is when you can know that you're lying in a joke. Yeah, where, yeah. where you need I needed some interaction, so I had him order a beer, which is so ridiculous <laughs> because I, I didn't even realize that until recently when I tried to pick up the joke again. Yeah. And I was like, why would he order a fucking beer if he's in a fucking robe and a hat? <laughs> like, he would never order a fucking, what, Johnny Walker Black? Like, no. <clears throat> and the black guy, he did, did it loud. And the black guy thought he blew up. He was like, ah. Yeah, yeah. And so then the black guy and I are watching him. We're profiling him. And then the guy leaves, and the black guy, in real life, the black guy said to me, I hope that motherfucker's not on my plane. And I was like, yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, my God. How crazy is it that me and a black guy are being racist together. Yeah, yeah. That we're committing a hate crime together. How yes. far have we come? Yeah, brought together. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. brought together. <laughs> and then one of the lines I used to say in it, because I, because one of the things that blew me away in that moment that I never could quite um, explain was, it's interesting that he shared racism with me. Yeah. Because if I am racist, I don't like him either. Like, yeah, 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 like yeah. It's, and and the, the line I said, how does he know my racism stops at, at Middle Eastern people? <laughs> And I would get people coming up to me after shows going, yeah, my racism doesn't stop there either. And I would be like, no, you're missing the fucking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I stopped telling it all together because I didn't like that people thought. Yeah, but you know what? If I'd stopped um, doing my act because I was worried that people might misinterpret it, I, uh, I, I, I'd have stopped, you know, 23 years how ago. Long, so how long have you I been started doing? doing? I started doing him like, like uh, that, that time in Edinburgh was in 94 where I sort of did it embryonically. And then I got onto the comedy circuit here. You, when I was sort of working in the 90s you could do 50 gig you could do four or five hundred gigs a year you could just hammer it and you'd do you know four or five or i mean i think the most i ever did on a saturday night was five shows and i'd drive around town in my uh, this golf i'd drive around town in this car and you'd you know the the bigger clubs there was a jonglers in um camden and then one in um uh, battersea so the north london and south london and what you could do is go on first at one last at the other and then get, you know, and get back and try and thread, thread one into the journey. Really? And I used to do all that. And, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of figured I'll do this, I'll do this, you know, 400 gigs a year for four years. And if I come out the other end and I'm, you know, I'm still like not sure that of what I'm doing, yeah. I'll give up. <laughs> Jesus. And, and the, the, that was the brilliant thing about the London circuit. And I remember you talk to Australian comics and you'd meet American comics and, you know, how completely different the circuit was here. You know, once you broke through, you'd be doing twenties every night. Um, and then there was, the, there's the forties, you know, extended sets. So you'd get into doing that as well. And that's the thing I was really interested in, which would then feed into Edinburgh where you have to do an hour. So I did, I think I did two, three years and then I, of, of doing it on the circuit. And then I got into going to Edinburgh and I did four Edinburgh's in a row. And every year would write a new hour, literally at the end of the fringe, at the end of August, tear the set list up, start again and really get really hammer into it. Cause, because that was the way to make it expand and grow and you know, all that shit. We did, we did Edinburgh, me and uh, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. And, uh, 
and Rich Voss did Edinburgh in 90, I think, 99 or... Yeah. 99? Yeah. And yeah, I, that's... 99 was the last year I was doing it really, like, in earnest. And then, and then basically, I got to the point where I could play theatres on tour in the UK, and I could... So then you're doing your own thing. And, and I've found it's all got a lot easier since I'm doing my own thing. I don't... I mean, I've, I'm... You know, I'm setting my ways, and I'm kind of, in a for that reason, kind of lazy about a lot of stuff, but I don't like being on bills because you've then got to, if you're on a, if you're on a, a, a bill and someone's really good, I have to come on and lay out my stall and sort of start again. Whereas if they're coming to see me in a theater yeah. with no support, do a couple of hours, you know, you come on and they're there to see you and you, you can start from kind of, you know, a couple, couple of dozen yards down the track you know what i mean yeah, yeah, they're yeah. on your terms and they're to see you and all that sort of thing whereas if i'm on a bill like back in the old days i, I get all nervous and i'm like oh fuck you know i <laughs> just had that realization today right uh, like today and it's so crazy i oh, i like <clears throat> uh i would be very nervous right now about my show tonight yeah if i was at the comedy store yeah like i've done the comedy store and i i was almost uneased the entire day stomach bothering me yeah but knowing that I'm doing a show for legit my fans, like yeah. people that bought my tickets, I just go, oh, I can't really fuck up. I mean, I can get yeah. too drunk to perform. That yep. has happened. <laughs> but I'm not. But like for the most part, like I go, I'm I'm just going to go in. I yeah. literally don't, I don't have an opening act. And I'm yeah. trying to call this kid P- Pierre yeah. and uh, to see if he can just do like 10 minutes in front of me, you know, just to warm him up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, I bet I could just send my wife up. They know who my wife is. Yeah. And just have my wife go, hey, y'all. Yeah, how you, you guys doing? You want to yeah. see Bert? All yeah. right, here he is. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that's I, I've I just thought of that today. I was like, oh, I am never going to be flying over here to be doing sets at the store. Mm. As fun as that is for me, and it's cool, I was like, I just will do small theaters yeah. and just... And I'll do it once a year. I really enjoy London. Yeah, well, the the, the scene here is brilliant. And, it really um, is. Now, what is the difference? Now, you've been in comedy, how, what? Oh, more, nearly 30 years. I mean, 30 si- years. Since 1991, really, is when I started earning money. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been Fuck in it if. almost 20. Yeah. And I feel like I started feeling, I started feeling old today. Like, I was like, I just... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. This, is, um, this will end up in a bit somewhere. But I'm overwhelmed... In the history this country has with um, with tor- like like we went to the the dungeon yeah. thing and like the concept that there was a like it doesn't really exist in America except in slavery but the concept that free will wasn't what it is today like oh, no. that you could be put in a dungeon and they could cut off your genitals and burn them in front of your face and there wasn't a form you could fill out to get that person in trouble. Like I'm overwhelmed by that. And it was giving me panic attacks all day today. Well, you know, a friend of mine is a, he's a, he's a beef feature at the tower of London. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the yeoman yeah. warders there and he's given me the, like, you know, the midnight tour, which is really, really, it's an amazing place. Oh, like, my daughters were lit. Like when they had, literally hard-ons for beef eaters they were yeah. like they were like oh we're gonna we're gonna fuck with him dad like isla's like i'm gonna heckle him i'm gonna heckle him i'm gonna talk about his mom i go isla no you're not i, go, I can't let you be that kid honey hey your mom's a whore you know like but yeah they, they we saw the beef eaters yesterday yeah. and they were blown away yeah it's amazing there but they was they, apparently the torture they used to do the you the, the people that signed the you, that you had to sign a legal warrant to be able to talk to someone, and then you had to do it yourself. 
So the, there's the there's the torture implements at the tower. And so the politician, you know, the privy council or whatever they were called, he'd sign the warrant. I'm going to torture this guy. And then he'd have to do it himself. They wouldn't get someone else in to do it. And you kind of think, wow, they think sort of, because um, it's the, how brutal all that is. Oh, and, my God. And, 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 you know, it's none of it's very long ago, really. It, it, <laughs> Especially it really, in this country. It's so crazy. I, I, I'm obsessed with uh, England now or Great yeah. Britain. Great, yeah. Great Britain. Well, well, Great Britain is the, is the island from here to the top of Scotland. Okay. And then uh, the UK is England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland. Yeah. For the minute. And, and then yeah. Ireland, the British Isles is all of it, including Ireland. It's so confusing. And p- people, you know, people don't know that. that <laughs> people I, in Libya don't know that. I, 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 I definitely was. <laughs> I was, uh, I've, I learned a lot watching. I mean, I, I almost was like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to have him come over and explain what, uh, what happened <laughs> with Brexit and what happened with it. Because there's so much shit that, as us Americans, we just don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and well, we got tickets to come over here. There was $340 for my wife. Brilliant. And daughters each. Yeah. Round trip. Yeah, amazing. Because my buddy's like, hey, if you're ever going to come to London, do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, it's a good time. And I, I mean, I, I flew first class, but they flew close. They seem to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does How that. How old are your daughters? Uh, 17 and 13. 17 and 13? Mine's yeah. 12 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I, I can see the, the yeah. turn of the corner. <laughs> like, I can really see it. Like, I can see the oldest one. Well, we're just emerging from the black hole with my first, with my eldest. Oh, really? Yeah. It's fine. It's fine now. Fuck me. If we'd had this conversation two years ago, but there we are. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, she did that, you know, through, I mean, me, me, me and her mum are divorced. So, so you know, you, you kind of hand a kid a shit sandwich like that and they, um, they throw it back at you. Oh, <laughs> Oh. But, but there it is, you know. <laughs> have, do, what are, do they have like any concept of of your success? Absolutely, yeah. Really? And in fact, um, right from right from when I started, I did a did a lot of TV about ten years ago. Like I tried to get them to come to everything because we did we did a we did a talk show uh, with in character, you know. And we you get celebrities on and be rude to them. It's really good fun and. Um, you know, we had guys like Buzz Aldrin come on it. And, you know, if you've got Buzz Aldrin on, you want your kids to meet him. Yeah. Uh, uh, that sort of thing. So we did, they, they are really keyed into it. And my eldest, she comes to see the show quite regularly. And uh, and she's going, oh, I like that bit. But have you got that bit the wrong way around? And all this sort of thing, which is just amazing. Oh, my oldest yesterday, <laughs> we're in the car and I said, you guys should come down to the show. It's late. It's like a 10 o'clock yeah. show. And my wife's like, that's too late. And Georgia, my oldest goes, um, do, are you doing any bits about us and in this new hour? Cause I just, we just yeah. uh, subscribed to what you guys have been doing forever about getting rid of your hour and doing a new hour yeah. after you do your special. And, uh, I said, yeah, I have this zip lining joke. We went zip lining and it's a true story. Yeah. And so I start telling them the, the story and she goes, I didn't say that. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I know, but it you you were you were emoting that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it's hard for me to say. I could see it in her eye. Like I just, it's easier for if you yeah, say something. Yeah. She goes, so you just basically lie. <laughs> I go, no. She goes, you go up there and lie. Like she overwhelmed by the fact that, like, and then I told another story, and she goes, hold on, that's a lie. Also, I go, it's not a lie, Georgia. I go, it's a joke. It's yeah. it's like a story. She goes, yeah, but I didn't shit in the bed, and I was like, no, but. 
Isla shit her pants. And she's like, hold on. I wasn't even there that day. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, you know what? Don't come see the show. I don't need to see you. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I can. What, uh, what, did, what was your experience between, like, seeing Americans come to, uh, to Edinburgh all those times? And, don't, and we, you well, can't use Rich Hall as an American. Well, no, 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 I can't. Can I? No. Because no, he's, well, the, no, he's the, yours. Well, the really he's so good. The really, oh, he's amazing. Amazing comic, yeah. But we, were not, we're not, we won't talk about him. Yeah. No, the, no, the really interesting thing is in Edinburgh, um, I always used to, when I was doing at the Fringe properly, you know, in the late 90s, I'd be so envious of Americans because uh, um, there, there'd be this sort of exotic cultural cachet you know brits love the sound of um americans talking about things smoothly and in a, and in a well-polished way we just love it it's fucking really? catnip it's crazy and it and it's sort of that so you you what you'd see is it, sometimes you'd see kind of okay american comics but just because they've got this this sort of uh you know uh it it, it comes across as like a as like a complete um a sort of sense of it being complete because of the accent, because of the delivery and all this sort of thing. And so you'd see sometimes some years you'd see, you'd think, why is he doing so well? I, those jokes are, those jokes are okay, you know, yeah. but it's the, it's the sort of exotic cultural thing of Americans. You know, we all of, I mean, half of our, most of our, well, we got produce a lot of our own TV here, but all of our mainstream cinema here is Americans. It's Americans are glamorous. And when, when, when you hear Brits go, oh, Americans are rude and stupid. It's nonsense. America is synonymous with glamour in lots of way, here, lots of ways here. So American standups come with that cachet, you know, uh, yeah. Especially on the, especially in Edinburgh, you know, guys, you've, they've they've come to our little festival. It turns, kind of turns into that, you know. That's really interesting. We bombed, we bombed every <laughs> single night, so bad. We were in the assembly rooms, assembly yeah. halls, yeah. And uh, across, well, maybe maybe it's it's changed, but oh, it was so uncomfortable, really. Oh, uh, and well, and it was like we were doing it. Uh, we didn't never had a good audience. Never got a good never. Right turned a corner with bringing people in. Really? A lot of times, yeah, we were just a small room. Right. And um, and the majority of the time, uh, there were people that didn't speak English. They'd huh. end up in the wrong room. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. And so we were just... Well, that's the tourist end of town, though. That's the problem with... Um the problem with the assembly rooms, that bit is the, yeah. that bit of that bit of town. Although it's not there anymore, assembly's moved, so... Oh, really? Yeah, 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 because there was some... They rebuilt the building or something, and so the guy who owned the name took the venue somewhere else and all this shit, and that's reopened. In yeah. the, there's a new venue opened in, in, in the assembly rooms, but it's not called that. I mean, you know, this is, but this is like, you know, micro Edinburgh politics, but, but uh, yeah, that's Do you changed. still go back and do Edinburgh? Yeah, I, well, I started going again um, about, about well, when was it? About eight years ago, I started going back. And doing like a weekend, and and one weekend I did all, I relearned all the four shows I'd done in the nineties, did them all on consecutive days. Which oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was such a mind fuck. That was like I'd get these lists out, and because um, I hadn't recorded them or videoed them, them, get these lists out, and and you know you read the list and think, what the hell is that? You know, how, yeah. what is that, and how does it connect to that, and how do I end up here? And you know, not, and very few punchlines written down, just sort of topic headings and. Oh, really? And the diversions that went with them, but not punchlines. So you'd be thinking, what is this? And the first show was, he, I kind of remembered. The second show I remembered really well because it was the first thing I'd sat down to write from start to finish and got it right. So I was really pleased with it. So it stuck with me. Yeah. 
The fourth one, because we then went and toured it, and I did it like 300 times, and like, I could do it for you now. But the third one, I'd look at these lists and it'd be like, nah. What was the f- premise of the fourth one? Well, the f- well, the fourth one it was called it was called and a glass of white wine for the lady. But the fourth one, that was the, that was the last year I did Edinburgh properly, and I basically I've been tried I'd, up to that point. I tried to be quite clever with the storytelling, and I was trying a bit hard. And that that fourth year, I said to myself, just try and be entertaining, you know, like don't be a, stop trying to like away your brains on your sleeve just do something entertaining from start to finish yeah and that that was the, that was the best show I'd written in a lot by a long way because it just sort of um just sort of it took it easy in the way I approached it yeah um which which actually when you're doing a character is is actually the smarter way to do it the character will do the character will do the lifting if you've got the character right you don't need to do any more than that you know that that his point of view will will carry an idea rather than you having to like lay out of things. I used to do, I used to do these long, real, real long shaggy dog stories with diversions and all this sort of thing, you know, things that would go on for half an hour. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I think I wanted people to be reassured that, that it wasn't just me like telling jokes and swearing and being in your face that there was like some thought behind it. And then I thought, well, why am I doing this? I make it's really difficult to do. I was making uh, real yeah. work for myself. And if you get it wrong is when you get ha- screw it up halfway through, you got, you, you create problems for yourself. So I kind of had this epiphany of like, Oh, you know, the keep it simple, stupid thing, you know, it's so funny. I should take that approach right now. I'm, I'm working on my new hour and I'm, I got, uh, I got recognized, I think for one story. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it was, it's a 13 minute story. Yeah, it's very kind of very big tentpole story, and uh, and it took me a while to figure the story out. Yeah, and then I was like, "That's what I need this hour." And so, part of me goes exactly what you just said. I go, "I think the character, the character, like our comedy is so different in America because people will say people will write jokes, yeah, and say." Like Amy Schumer got in trouble for a bunch of racist jokes. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, "That's a character I do on stage." That's actually the that's not um, that's not the American form. Yeah. The American form is to be you. Yeah. And it, it, kind of, I. But there are like we we do have like you do have some Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, exactly. Judah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the the, the the I mean, I think the thing with a lot of character acts is they kind of turn in they kind of devolve into catchphrases and. Um, and, and and getting past that's quite difficult. Um, and I, Very. And like, I kind of I got caught in a bit of a catchphrase thing for a while. And 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 the, the way to solve that was to never do them. What was the catchphrase? <laughs> I had fucking loads. But I've got one that I always come back to, which is this, which which is this thing, um, which is if we didn't have rules, where would we where would we be France? If we had too many rules, where would we be Germany? Which is like, if you want to sum up. Like what a lot of English people think of their nearest neighbours. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it could, and then I'd always tag a third one on the end, so um, there'd be one. Uh, I do. There's always a third one. So, and if we had rules insisting our kids take firearms into school, the US, or if uh, if we had rules allowing us to shoot our girlfriend while she was on the toilet, South Africa. You, could, <laughs> you, and, you know, so you could always. It's a that one worked because there'd always have to be a tag. Yeah. But the, but but I, I at one point you know you'd come on and you'd you'd feel the audience going he's going he's going come on do it yeah. do the do it so what in this current show I that comes up like kind of as an afterthought an hour and a half into the show because you just don't want to 
Yeah. Sometimes you got to not. Sometimes you got to not give them what they want. What? Okay. What? Because I feel like all I do is give people what they want. Yeah. Like I'm uh, just. I'm assuming you know nothing or little or to nothing about me. I know. Like, I know. I know enough. Yeah. But I type perform with my shirt tri- off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I. I. But I feel like I, you come up with something that's that works. And then the second it works, you just go, oh, I should distance myself from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I did this raffle. <laughs> I did this raffle for the wait staff recently. Yeah. And it got it went online and it got a bunch of views. But it's basically I just tell everyone in the audience to give $4. And then yeah. we raffled off some of the wait staff. I was, in fucking, <laughs> I was in wherever I was this weekend in Seattle. I was in Seattle this weekend past. And the whole time they're like, you doing the raffle in the audience? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. If it wasn't such a great thing for the, for the waiters who get like fucking 680 bucks yeah. and they, and it changes their, I go, I'd never fucking do this again. Yeah. 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 But yeah. as soon as you get something that works, you're like, huh? Yeah. Gonna have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. Um, now what was like, you, you have a different accent than the, than yeah, the yeah. pub landlord. Yeah, yeah. But like, so we're, I'm, this blows me away. <laughs> Um, where does your act? What what kind of English person are you? What kind of English person am I? Well, my family's really quite. Um, I mean, if you look me up on Wikipedia, it looks like I'm some sort of aristocrat. But my my family are upper middle class because class. You, you know, you say American comics obsessed with class, class uh, with race. Yeah, class is one of the big things here. And it's, middle class here is different than our middle class. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that's because we've that's because we've actually got. An, an, arist- an actual aristocracy that identifies as such and acts as such and is enshrined in our political system as such. You know, we, we got lords, you know, we've actually, we've actually got that. Yeah. So, but the, guy my, across, the guy across the hall is a lord. Yeah, there you are, you see? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is, you'll find a lot in this part of town as well because this is a very, yeah, I mean, this is, you fall on your feet here, man. But, yeah. The, but, but yeah, my family are quite, you know, uh, if you look at it, I'm, I'm what you'd call kind of posh. Um, but can you hear that? Can I, would I, should I hear that in your accent? Probably, probably to an extent, but, but, but the thing is, is uh, I went, I mean, I went to a private school and I went to Oxford university, you know, which is a smart, smart school. What's that? We must've said Alexa at some point. It's the, Oh yeah, of course it's the Alexa thing. We must've said Said something something that said it off. Alexa. (laughs) But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so I've had a, you know, I've had a, a, I mean, certainly what a young person, hit people call a, you know, I've got lots of privilege, yeah. but, but, the, and the pub landlord definitely isn't that. And I get this criticism where people go, oh, you're taking the piss out of the working classes with your act. You're a posh guy sneering at the working classes. And I kind of think that only really holds up if you think the working class are a bunch of blowhard xenophobes, yeah. right? In which case, um, you've got the you're the one with the prejudice because yeah. because you, you've not really thought that through. And I also kind of think we live in we live in a you know although we have got this class system we live in a fluid fluid plural society where everyone's entitled to a point of view. If people are being ridiculous, they're fair game. Yeah, you know what 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 difference does it make where they're from? If someone's talking shit, we should be if there's a you know, a set of people who talk shit, we should be taking the piss. And we're be- in our politics right now in, in this country, people are really beguiled by the idea of men of the people. You know, so I've got this, the pub landlord at the moment is saying that's what he is. Cause I think, I think it's funny when anyone claims to be that. I think it's uh, <laughs> absurd and, and, and a really great thing to play with as a, as a thing to take the piss out of. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, I mean, because it always ends up somewhere ridiculous, like in America where you've got, 
you know, an inherited billionaire has managed to, posi- managed to position himself as a man of the people. It's amazing. It's, it, um, I mean, it's just it's amazing. mind-blowing what's yeah. going on in our country. Like, mind-blowing to the point where I go, like, I, sometimes I find what he says, so, like, so comical. Yeah. Like, I laugh hysterically. Yeah. He did a, a interview with, Joe, I think, Joe Scarborough. Yeah. And I was howling laughing at the way he was talking. Yeah. Like, just like, no, screw him. Yeah. And I'm like, what? You're not allowed to? Like, yeah. And then, and then this morning, I know my wife said something, and we've been out of the loop, but my wife's like, oh, my God, they're holding, like, Senate hearings on him. Yeah. His involvement with Russia. And I'm like, are you sh-? Like, this is... It's amazing. It's like a, it's like a sort of um, giant live civics class, isn't it? As well, it's just ama- I mean, it is amazing. But we've got we've got something not the same here, but something similar here with this, you know, with the Brexit thing, which, you know, uh, Brexit was wasn't about wasn't <laughs> about money. It was about it was about uh, immigration. It's about immigration. It's about the idea that. Um, uh, that we're not in control of our own government anymore. It's about all sorts of things. It's also kind of about the fact that, you know, since the crash in 2008, people's wages have stagnated and people f- are feeling hard, hard done by. But, 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this, but um, I think it's pretty amazing that in two of the richest countries in the world, people feel they're like they're being hard done by. I think that's oh. quite... That's quite interesting because I go to Cambodia fairly often. I've got friends who live there and I've, I'm involved in a charity out there. And, you know, we built a school. and we That's run- one of the things that fascinates about me about you. Like I did read your <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yeah. And you are, you, are not, like, you are not the stereotypical comic smoking <laughs> weed and literally like playing Xbox. And- no, but the thing is, is I'm, uh, the thing is, if I didn't have distractions that's exactly what i'd be i know i know myself well enough to know that my default position is lazy my pers- what my default position in life is bone idle and that's why i work so hard because if i um if i allowed myself to i would sit and look out the, out the window all day that i'd be quite happy to do that do you drink yeah oh yeah okay well yeah. like so what, how, <laughs> wait how do you get out of lazy because i i am lazy and like I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of three projects right now, yeah. and I cannot. I just am like, uh, I'm like, I can't get moving forward. And I'm like, <laughs> and we're we're starting a fourth project, and I'm like, yeah, I think I need an assistant. Like <laughs> I just can't. But you literally, I think you have like what four books? You have, you have, yeah, yeah. You but have the tour, you have charities, yeah, yeah. And you, I've, I've got a business making drum kits as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's to do. It's basically my, like I said, my default setting is bone idle, and if I don't give myself these things to do, nothing will happen. And and I know that I, that's the thing I really know about myself. And that's kind of not that's not I'm I'm not a workaholic. I mean, I do take time off. Yeah. But there is this thing in me that 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 you know because I've been this tour when we're done with I've done a hundred shows or something and 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 big you know. Big theaters like thousand, two thousand seaters, and all that sort of thing. So by the time we, yeah, by the time we're done with that, um, I get I get in two frames of mind. Like I'm never fucking doing this again. When do we start again? You know, and yeah. and actually at the end of this tour, I've got to stop doing live stuff for a couple of years because I've got other things I need to, other things that have been crowded out by it. To be honest, really, but, but yeah, but my default setting would be like d- drinking beer and playing PlayStation, playing video games. But I know that if if I let that in. Um, next stop, my funeral. <laughs> you know, yeah. twenty years time, having achieved nothing. So it's yeah. that. It's that. It's that. 
it's knowing it about myself because I am I do stay busy yeah yeah you are busy what like what's a what's a typical tour look like for you do you start a tour and then hit all of well this well this this one the one we're doing at the moment is kind of typical so the I was we work backwards so the first proper theater dates were in mid-September last year and so what we do is like a couple of weeks doing rooms that get gradually bigger like little arts theatres and art centres and then we end up in a proper theatre with the proscenium arch and then but before that I've done Edinburgh so I do Edinburgh for 10 nights or something and then I'll do some I live in Chiswick up the road and there's a there's a pub there with a little theatre like holds 50 people so I do five o'clock in the afternoon there do an hour there lit with a piece of paper you know come on with a list and really do the topics off the list and then come back the, a week later without hopefully without the list or what with whatever the changes are and learn it that way yeah uh which means so that has to have happened in july which means it needs to be written in june which means i mean i need to have been thinking about it in may you know like mm. this whole backdate thing I, I, I that is really helpful if you set a goal yeah and you go like i just on a phone call the other day said i'm doing my hour in this city at this theater yeah. on this date yeah, yeah and then we were like great and then i start i went Oh fuck! <laughs> and then I started going, man. I gotta stop being lazy. And my yeah. lazy is is on stage is probably not I textbook lazy, but it, what it is for me is is um, not taking enough chances and and going. I have a new story that I want to work on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just going like this is really killing. I'll, I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to fine tune it. I, I can't write. I can't like sit and just write out yeah. a bit. I need to. It needs to work itself out on stage, yeah. and even if I take it and try to punch it up, and it just it needs to come out in the live venue yeah. for me. So, uh, so I just I was supposed to do a some an abbreviated a smaller theater tour, um, but but when I say theaters, it's not as big as yours. Yeah, yeah. It's like some six hundred theaters. Yeah, cool. And uh, and I just pulled them because I was like, no, I want to work the clubs and I want to work the whole weekend. I want to do five shows, six shows. Yeah, and really kind of figure out this hour. But that is a great way to go about it is set yourself a date and then yeah. work backwards from well, there. Well, that, that, that's how I've always done it. But I used to do that with, with Edinburgh. So, you know, you, you, you'd have – and I used to think doing a character, but you can be particularly vulnerable to the idea that, oh, it's the same as last year. So I'd make sure the show start to finish, the, the content was completely different. So, so all right, the attitude hasn't, hasn't changed. The, 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 uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the character and the approach hasn't changed, but the materials are different. So you – so I really got in the habit of that deadline thing, but but it gets harder every time, you know, every couple yeah. of years we come around. So we then, so yeah, so what we do is, we, so, so it goes May, June, July, August in Edinburgh. We tour, so last year we toured September, October, November, right up to, yeah, end of the end of Christmas, uh, end of the end of, dis, at the end of November. And then I just started going back out again. So I had a couple of months of it over Christmas. But that then means, you know, the first gig when we're back comes up and I'm thinking, I can't remember, can't remember a word of this stuff. Uh, I uh, used to like that. Uh, I used to like that. And then fucking Bill Burr got in my head <laughs> and he goes, uh, I, I hadn't done stand up in like a month. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I was at the store and I go, oh, I love this feeling. And he goes, really? Yeah. He's like, I don't see it. I yeah. said, what do you mean? He goes, it just seems real rusty. And I was like, oh yeah, I am real rusty. I like the rust. Yeah. Personally, I think yeah, the yeah. rust is healthy for me. Yeah. But I was like, but it's very different than when you are in that muscle where you've been working every fucking week. Oh yeah. And but I used to, when I did the circuit a lot, you you know, um, my then girlfriend, she'd go, oh, why do we never go away? And I think, well, the reason we never go away is because if I stop for, 
for like a week. Yeah. That first gig when I go back, you know, the Monday I first go back, I am shitting myself. And the words come out and the, the words come out wrong and they come out with the wrong pace or in the wrong, you know, all that. And, and so, like I said, we restarting this last week. I was, or the week before last, it was really like, I was really nervous about it because 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 also there's that thing. I'm it's 25 quid a ticket. I'm going to talk to them for a couple of hours. You you, you need to you need to know uh, what what's in the show. <laughs> yeah. What is your what is your what is your tour look like? Is it just you? Is it you and a manager? Is it you and it's an me and opening? a tour manager? And then uh, my uh, tour manager I've worked with a really long time. He's a brilliant guy. And then we have a tech guy who goes out because we've got we've got. Um, some well, I've got a bar that you know that's got all the beer yeah. in it and the stuff. That I, I was wondering out. how you guys. I was wondering how. Yeah. I was like, wait, they have a real fucking kegerator. Yeah, we. Well, no, we <laughs> we refill a thing every night and I put a pump on it. It's not a proper keg. Oh, okay. No, no, it's just hand drawn. Uh, <laughs> you realize there's people like me in that audience going, oh, "There's a real keg back yeah, there." Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, the the thing. What's really interesting is what people think the bar. What is in the bar? Yeah, they always ask me, you know, is that real beer? And you think. Come on. Wait, if is I, it not real beer? No, it can't be. Are you shitting no, me? No, but I'd, I'd, I'd be twice the size. Oh. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't still be alive. Because I drink in a proper, you know, if, we're, if, we're, if I'm not spilling it too much, because I try and spill as much as I can as well, because yeah. it's disgusting, this fake beer. If I was drinking the real thing, I'd, I'd drink, drink five or six pints a night, and I'd be, I'd be, a, hot, I'd be a mess. I'd be, oh. uh, Paul F. Tompkins, who I'm not, I don't know if you know who he is. No. He's a comedian in uh, the states, and we're not friendly. But uh, but he did his well, he did a special that I really loved, and he yeah. drank six Guinness beers. Jesus! In the pro- and I loved it. I was it was like I got to hang out with him that weekend. That that's where our rift happened. Yeah. But uh, I told him I said I really love that special, and I love that you drank six beers. I have the same thing. <coughs> I think people think I'm drunk on stage. Yeah. I think they think I'm drunk all the time. Yeah. But. Uh, I, I very I slow roll a vodka soda like I'll sip yeah. it but I and and then there are these shows like tonight will be one of them where yeah. shots will get sent to stage because yeah, yeah. you're here one night it's fucking small crowd yeah, yeah. you know yeah <clears throat> but that's uh that's so funny I definitely thought it was real beer oh uh, no I'm sorry that's so but funny. I used to there's a club I used to, I used to live over in Fulham and there was literally a club at the end of my road. And they'd do this thing, if, if someone had dropped out, they'd call me, and I'd, if I was in, you know, I'd make, find out if I was in, I'd put the outfit on, go, go over the road. Yeah. And that one, you'd think, well, I, I'll have one before I go on, I'll take one on with me, I'll accept any that are offered. And I remember, did, I did a show where I would have drunk five or six, and I think, I, I, I mean, I, I, I expect it was rubbish, I expect the show was shit, but um, I had a... I had a fantastic time. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and, it, and I think what should have taken about 40 minutes took an hour and a half as well because you could just get bogged down in that uh-huh. extra detail and the extra telling and the, you know. That is where I, call, <laughs> I, I say it's when I get gluttonous. Yeah. If I'm drinking, I'm gluttonous on that's, stage. That's the right word for it. That's exactly the right word for it. I've only had, yeah. I've only had one show that I've done <laughs> blacked out that I don't remember. Right. And that was in Tampa. I do a, a tour called uh, Call In Sick to Work. Yeah. <clears throat> I go in, I do radio, I drink on air, and then I go right to the club and everyone calls in sick to work. And we do a club at like a matinee, like a 10. Oh, amazing. What a brilliant club. idea. <clears throat> yeah, I think, we're, I think we're turning it into a radio show. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's a live event. And I mean, I just, I just, I mean, this is, I'm bragging right now, but I just announced one in D.C. at 10 a.m. yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it sold out in a minute. 
Jesus, and that's was, brilliant. It, sound, it sold out in a fucking minute. I was blown away. My buddy Elliot called me. He's like, dude, it sold out in one minute. But they're really fun because yeah. every, it's, it's day drinking. It's like yeah. the, everyone's favorite time to drink. And so everyone, brilliant. Everyone a brilliant calls idea. In. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm doing one for St. Patty's Day yeah. in Columbus. That'll be sold out. Yeah. But they're just a blast. And I did one in Tampa. And I drank... I overestimated I overestimated what I could handle at radio yeah and by the time I got on stage they sent so many shots that I woke up at my parents house my parents live in Tampa yeah and I went how did I get off stage not oh. not how did I get here how did I get off stage oh, and I man. didn't remember oh. but everyone brings up that show and they're like that was fucking amazing and did they enjoy, was it a good show though they loved it <laughs> they they wanted me to tell that one story I my my machine story they're like tell the machine and I was yeah. like and I, all I did was I was like, I'm not telling the fucking machine story. I'm going home. And I walked off stage. I really? Yeah. I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember it at all. That's so funny. Oh, that's brilliant, man. Yeah. Do you, have you ever thought about taking, taking, your, taking your tour to the States? Well, I did, a, I did a pilot for Fox 10 years ago, I think, abortively, which was a really, really, a really mad, weird, interesting experience. But I've never gigged. I've never gigged in the US, and I'd I'd really like to. But it's kind of that thing of. Um, uh, I mean, it's sort of why I've got to stop in June is to find stop touring here all yeah. the time to find some time to do things like that and try some other places and suck it and see elsewhere because it would be really interesting to try and make the act come across in the states. Because oh. the thing is, is in I, I've played Australia quite a lot of. Um, or, or, or a fair bit. I've been to Hong Kong, New Zealand. I go to Dubai, um, and the th- uh, and then we've, I've done shows in France and in Belgium. And the re- I mean, the really interesting thing about I mean, the, 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 one of the things that happens here that doesn't happen when you take the act abroad is uh, people English people get in this knot. They go, "Is he laughing at us? Should we be laughing at this?" What's the sometimes they think? What's the target? Where does the line fall? You go to Australia, they think, "Yeah, that's what you've." That act is what you fucking poms are like. Yeah. And you're like, great, brilliant. And we can, we can, we can just have a party with this then. We could just have fun and we can, we could talk about all sorts of stuff and we can yeah. pu- pu- push the line if we want because, because you get what the, you get what the idea is. And Dude. it's the same when you go to France, you go to, go to anywhere else. But I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't necessarily know what, um, cause Australia's got this, Australia and New Zealand got, both got this cultural contact with here that's, really different to the States. So it'd be amazing to know how it would work in the States. Well, I think, I think you'd, I think you could patch together from what I've watched. Yeah. Shit that would work in the States really well. Yeah. Like really like, I mean, just, I mean, you walking through the countries yeah. for me is hilarious because there's parts in Alabama that would, <laughs> would that would ju- there was a you know the Sex Pistols I was a, I'm a big Sex Pistols fan right they did a tour they they assumed that since they were they were working class yeah then they do a tour of the of the South right because that's where working class people oh, were Christ. and it did not work well no <laughs> but now where we're at today I yeah. think it would I think it would work really well I think that there is a you could do parts of your act that or cater it just to the U S yeah. To talk to the U.S. and I think it would fucking destroy. Well, I'd like, I'd be really interested. I mean, I'd really be interested in trying it. And the thing is, I've got, you know, I've got about twenty hours of material now, all backed up. So it'd be a question of like, I could really cherry pick. Oh, you could uh, cherry pick and yeah. destroy. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's such a great. I mean, I, I really just all I said was like, 
it's serendipitous. Cause I, I, re, I said I would put out online, I'm doing a show, yeah. and then the only you I think you're the only name I got back right. that everyone like consistently was like, yeah, you you guys you guys got to get together. Yeah, right. And so I go, I hit you up, yeah. and you were like, yeah, I'm around. And then I was like, I was like, oh. He's so lackadaisical. Like the way you were, I was like, I was like, I, I didn't even, I didn't even look you up. I went. Yeah. He's so lackadaisical. He must not be working. Because you're like, yeah, I'm around. And, and then I was like, oh, and I was like, okay. And then I looked and I was like, whoa, holy shit! You're like, I think you have like five hundred thousand Twitter followers. And I was yeah. like, oh my god. And then I googled you and I was watching it. And I was like, <clears throat> I was blown away. I was like, this is, this is what our country. This is what America would love right now. <laughs> well, I'm, th- th- I mean, it is interesting though that that that, that character isn't a, isn't kind of a thing in the in the, in the U.S. because because the thing is is what you do have you've got you know your Saturday Night Lives and stuff where people have to play characters all the time where yeah. where it kind of uh, is part of the certainly the TV interface for people with comedy. So you, it's kind of strange it's not in stand up because because it. Well, we've because, got of, it. because of the freedoms it grants you, you know, you can talk about, you can literally take an, an opposite view of what you mean and, and go like that with it and talk yeah, about but it. We, we've, when we do get it, uh, uh, we, uh, it, and it's American, the comics attack it. Yeah. Like Larry the Cable Guy is a perfect example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, even me, and I, like, and I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of comedy. My wife's yeah. a redneck. She's from the South. Right. And so she took me to go see... Uh, the blue collar comedy tour yeah. in the theaters in LA. I'm a yeah. fucking working comic and I'm sitting in a theater by ourselves. No one's in there at the arc light and I'm watching it, but I bought, I bought the character. I thought yeah. that was him. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'm in Omaha and I'm talking to someone and I was like, maybe I talked to him on the phone. I might've talked to him on the phone, Yeah, but he didn't have an accent. And I was so caught off guard and I was like, hold on. And I like I think I pulled Colleen aside. I was like, "Yeah, Larry doesn't have an accent." <laughs> She's like, "No," and I was like, "Hold on, he didn't. He didn't have any accent." Like, he, he, and she was like, "No, he doesn't have an accent." And it, I was like, "No, like no fucking way." That's like if I found out Rogan wasn't inhaling his weed, you know? Yeah. Like, like it just is so crazy because that is who we are. But I think over here it's so different. I think it's a very different character you know I, I was just talking to someone the other day and i was like the thing that made the thing that made jim jeffries so big in america yeah was that he's super honest he's super vulnerable yeah. and he is who he is when he yeah. says shit on when he went on opie and anthony i think that's where he yeah. really blew up yeah, yeah he yeah. was just talking about the most filthy shit yeah and and he was owning it yeah and americans love they love that like you know I don't know. They sometimes attack it also, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but I think that was the thing, but I really, I, 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 when I was watching it, I was like, this would, this could tour America very easily. Yeah. Oh, well that's interesting. Well, I'll, t- I'll talk to my manager. <laughs> yeah. Like do, do like, uh, I mean, do like the Wilbur, you know? Yeah. Do the Wilbur. And that's like the, the gauge, the barometer of yeah. how you'll do in theaters, but do the Wilbur and Boston, they'd fucking, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. In, I mean, what I know of Boston, I don't see why it wouldn't work there. Have you been to the states? Um, just a bit. Like I say, I like I, you know, made made this thing in in LA in in two thousand. When was it? Two thousand eight, I think. But I've but I've and I've been on holiday there a lot because I love it. Yeah, really love the place. Fascinated by it. Um, uh, but I've not worked. I've never worked there apart from this bit of telly. 
I think I think it would be great to get you like to have you do like the New York Comedy Festival yeah. or something like that. Well, I'll, the, there. well, this is this is this is great because I, I like like I said, I'm planning to sort of do 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 a different thing with the next two year cycle when when we finish in June because because I'm basically. I am sick of the motorway food in this country. Like, cause, oh, yeah. Because that's what we you know, me and my tour manager, we're, we're really, really close friends, but we have got nothing to say to each other anymore. You know, you sit in, a, you sit in that car. Yeah. It's another three, four-hour drive somewhere. You know, what are we going to talk about? We compare notes on ex-wives, <laughs> dramas with our kids. We put the sports radio on, it, 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 you know. What's your sport, soccer? I'm now I'm a rugby and cricket fan. Ah, cricket. Yeah. Do you know uh, the, Do you know a comic named uh, Alistair Berry? No, I don't know. Alistair Berry and this guy Andre Vincent. I know Andre. Yeah. Yeah, Andre and we did uh, South Africa together. It was, oh, it was right. a bunch of us. I know. I know Alistair. Of course I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was a bunch of us. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. Steve Hughes. Yeah. It was a bunch of us. Oh, superb. But I I was mocking cricket to them. Oh man. And Andre explained why I was wrong, <laughs> and it was brilliant. Yeah. And he was like, first of all, he was like, you would like 2020 cricket. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's more your speed. So, yeah. we'll t- so we went to a 2020 cricket match yeah. with Carl Barron. Do you know that yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, Carl yeah. Barron knew yeah. the team, Australian team. Yeah, yeah, he would So they do, got yeah. us like in the box. Fucking brilliant. It, so it was an, and it was amazing. It's basically, for those of you listening, 2020 cricket is home run derby. Yeah. It's, it's, imagine if they said, all right, so uh, <laughs> Boston's playing uh, New York. And this is going to be dated, but uh, Alex Rodriguez is the only batter that's going to bat. Yeah. And, uh, and Big Poppy is the only batter that's going to bat. Yeah. And they'll be batting every time. Yeah. And basically, we just want to see him hit home runs. Yeah. And that is what... And it was fucking awesome. A 2020 cricket is really brilliant. But then, but then I really love the test match. Now, format, this you know? is why Andre goes, you're an idiot and I'll tell you why. <laughs> and he, he goes, he's like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if... Early Saturday morning, early Friday morning, your your football game started, and they played one game throughout the weekend. So all weekend, you keep going back to the TV and go, oh, "Wait, what's the score?" Yeah. I was like, "I'd fucking love that." He's like, "It's a mini series of a sport," yeah. and he was like, "That's what Test cricket yeah. is. And it lasts like five days." Yeah, and they can they can play for five days, and it ends in a draw. Yeah, which I, is the most beautiful. The the thing is, is once you really get into cricket, there's this thing at the draw, which is the where no one wins but that can what that can do that can save a series you know because if you're if you're one nil up and you draw the next four games you win the series you know you win the five matches yeah and 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 it is a it is an amazing i mean i I absolutely love it and i've done some stuff with the england team and all that's all that all that sort of thing and no really you know yeah i've done done dinners for them and and uh and really it's such a it's such i mean it's the thing is it's it is is externally impenetrable cricket as a sport. You think, what the hell's going on here? But once you get into it and what they're doing with the ball, you know, and they're throwing the ball at 100 miles an hour at each other and, uh, you know, uh, and they're not pitching either. They're bouncing it. So who knows where it's going to go? There's all that. Yeah. that. That's the primary difference with, between baseball and cricket in the terms of how they're pitching the ball is they bounce it. So you've got guys who bowl it really fast and, and how it's going to turn and the guys who bowl it bowl it slowly so they can make it turn really and uh, and you know it's a, it's an yeah i absolutely love it and um i'm glad andre i'm glad andre put you straight because yeah. uh yeah oh andre <laughs> but he will put you straight about anything though that's the- <laughs> I, I, I just talked to him last night yeah because we were gonna 
I was going to see if he could come down and and do a set yeah. at my show tonight, but he's uh, he's doing something, and I don't I don't I don't even understand. I really don't get uh like I, I want to say like I don't even know it's it's a flight I'm sure yeah. And so he's like, I'll be back Thursday. We'll hang out Thursday, but like uh, he uh, he was uh, I like yeah, I, it, too much to talk about with that guy because like yeah. I. I have a lot of energy. Yeah. And and I think Andre said to me one day, you cast a very large wake. I got him really <laughs> pissed. I got him really pissed because I used to have a joke about getting a fight with the black guy. Yeah. And I, we were in South Africa. Yeah. And uh, the joke was, and this is so hacky. I'm so glad I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, but yeah, The joke yeah. was uh, <laughs> I was at a disadvantage because it was night. And I said, but fighting a black guy like, at night is like fighting predator. Right. And just hear... Yeah. And then I said... It's like fighting a white guy in the snow. Right. Or, and the joke was fighting an Asian at dusk. Right. And, and what, did they didn't, what did they Andre didn't, say about they that? They didn't get the joke fighting it. Because Asian for them means something different uh, yeah. than it does for me. Yeah, yeah. Asian for me means Chinese. Yeah, I think yeah. For them it means... It means people from yeah, India, which Pakistan. Which are as yeah. dark as black people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this South African comic's like, you should say colored. He goes, that's our mixed... And I was like, oh, yeah. So I do it on a show, and Andre lost his fucking mind. He lost his fucking mind. Really? He's like, how dare you? How dare you? You're better than that. You And like fucking, and I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was, the poor South African comics, like I told him, I gave him the line. And, I, and, <laughs> and Andre's like, he's better than you. I mean, he just, Andre's, you know, Andre can be a little bitchy at times. Yes. And <laughs> so. The but, first thing I ever did in Edinburgh was on, was with Andre. Really? Yeah, like a mixed bill thing, right? Way back when, yeah. Yeah, I've known Andre a long time. And yeah, he can be spiky, he can be bitchy. I mean, I mean what I like about what he's also trying to provoke as well. He may not mean yeah. a word of it. And that's what's I think, he, he's quite fond of getting people to think, which is, I think, really um, quite unusual. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> so who were the guys you started with then? Like, Oh, God. Well, when I started out... Um, I wish I knew names better. Oh, uh, well, the, so people like Harry Hill, Stuart Lee. Um, I, knew, I know the name Stuart Lee. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great, he's a, a, a big cheese here. Um, he's a sort of comics comic as well as the thing he's, I mean, uh, although, you know, people, listen, British people listen to this or pounce on that, but that's kind of, he did a lot of stuff about comedy and comic expectations and audiences and this sort of stuff in a couple of TV shows he did where he, he kind of laid into quite a few people. Really? And a, a little bit of me and all this sort of thing. It's quite funny because we used to live together. So you're kind of like, hey, Stu, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. And I know why he was doing it. I don't know what it's about, but 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 it's kind of a... Uh, but he So him and then, um, God, who else? I mean, when I was very first starting out, people like Eddie Izzard and Lee Evans were breaking through, you know, big, 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 big names yeah. here. Peter Kay, uh, um, and then Dylan Moran, and um, God, who else? Bill Bailey, a whole lot of, Bill whole Bill, lot, yeah. yeah, a whole lot of people. When I, you know, were either up and running when I was getting going, or kind of contemporary with, with me a bit. Um, the League of Gentlemen guys who've gone on to do other, they weren't stand up, so they like sketch people, and they did a really important, I mean, you know, like seminal sketch show here, and then have gone into doing other really great TV. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who else. I'm, I'm right now. All my I, yeah, you, yeah. My, my British or fans are losing their mind. Going, how the fuck do you <laughs> not know? How are you not jumping all over this? But my my favorite people of all, though, when I the people who made me go, holy shit! You know, 
comedy is like comedy is like the most exciting thing imaginable. Or an Australian group, guy, guys called the Doug Anthony All Stars, who were a musical trio. And I saw them in '88 in Edinburgh when I was a student. And it was one of those things where you you, you leave the show and you go and buy a ticket to come back immediately you know like yeah. and we queued in the street and everything and and they were extraordinary and like they were sort of they're dressed like sort of punk mariachis and they sang really filthy really on the really on the nose stuff and they were they would they didn't you know political correctness was kind of on its way up establishing itself that you know late 80s yeah. they did not give a shit for it and they really? would, their view was, this is comedy, so we're, at the, you know, to use a modern parlance, the safe space is here in the theatre where we can say whatever we want. And it doesn't matter, and none of it matters. And I'm joking, you know. Um, and they'd go on in the fringe in the old days at a place like the Fringe Club and go, you know, good evening London like that. And the Scot- Scottish people, you know, that's like as incendiary as you can be in Scotland, yeah. they'd go nuts. And they'd go, oh, come on, we're fucking joking, mate. You know, what's your, what's your problem? And that's always... And they were, they were brilliant. They, and I saw them... I mean, must have been a half dozen times and I was open for them two or three times when I was just starting out. And uh, then they went back to Australia and they're massive stars in Australia and really? did their own thing. And, um, and la- the year before last... One of them, Tim, one of the guys in it, Tim Ferguson, he got MS and he's really ill with MS properly and he's in a wheelchair and he's he's sick with it. But but he's like this, um, he's not, he's undimmed by it. It, it. Yeah, he's ill. Yeah, getting around's more difficult, but that hasn't um, got in the way. And they reformed two years ago and I, um, and I got them to... Uh, produced them, brought them over to Edinburgh last year because I had to see it again. And they did this show that was the most amazing, like, uh, amazing, life-affirming, totally, genuinely edgy thing you've ever ever seen. Because really? they've got a guy who's, you know, he looks, he looks like he's mortally ill and they're taking the piss out of him and they're, they're taking the piss out of the situation and about out of the things people say about people who are ill or with disabilities. And they're... And it's funny, and the and the lead singer has got he's got the most beautiful voice and a shit eating grin, and one of the most charismatic people you'll ever hope to see. Yeah. And so you, you it, none of it matters, you know. And they and they get they, they would they, what they were doing was so well conceived because it because it was a it was a you know perfectly polished show. So you know, like the, the performance, absolutely no flies on that. Yeah. The content was operating on about five levels at once. So you can just laugh at the knob gags if you want, or you can laugh at the sort of nihilism of it, or you can laugh at the the sort of um, the way, the touching fact it's three friends who've got back together when one of them's in a, really in a difficult situation in his yeah. life. Or you can laugh at the, the fact that they're being horrible. You know, if, you're, if your taste runs to really black humour, you can laugh at that too. And the, I, I, they, you know, they were a huge inspiration to me you know, 30 years ago. And then to see him again last year, it was like, this is, this is the shit, you know, this is, this is why I got into it. This is what you want to do. You want to do an act that works on, you know, or my ambition, do an act that works on what, on what you can take it in different ways if you want. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be about one thing you rely. And the other thing they do, which I, which I really love in really great comics, let you make your mind up about what's going on. They don't come on and they tell you what to think. They tell you to think. The, 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 you know, there's a massive difference between the two expectations. You know, 
get you know if, if you're going to be a didactic comic yeah the way I, I much prefer if they you come away going oh that was, wow that was interesting rather than oh yes he's right about that you know I just yeah think, yeah yeah, yeah. You, I know, like, you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean I have such a problem right now with um, agenda driven comedy which is the majority of a comedy that's coming out of Los Angeles and New York. Uh, I wouldn't say the majority, but I'd say there was a great deal of agenda. There's enough comedy. of it, yeah, for it to be, yeah. And you're like, I will sit here and I will talk to you about uh, gay rights or feminism or both, or or I will talk to you about what why Trump is the greatest. Like I just don't like I I want to be provoked. Yeah, I want to. But, be- you, but you, do, you do get this cyclical thing though, where people confuse means and ends. So the end, the end. The aim is to make people laugh, is to be entertained. Right. Right? That's the end. The means include being political, being uh, really bad taste, being edgy, being dumb, being uh, uh, falling over, doing stupid puns, you know, doing wit, wordplay, storytelling, talking about yourself, being honest, being completely dishonest. Those are all the, 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 the means at your disposal, but they're not the... They're not the point of it. So, we, you, you know, we get these fashions here where we've, we've, we've had, we had a real fashion for the, and, and kind of the, where, where all the critics operate is, is at Edinburgh. Cause that's where you see the most comedy and you get to compare and contrast. So we've had phases where, you know, people have, you've got to be really honest in a show and tell the absolute truth about yourself. You gotta think, well, I'm not interested in doing that. But it's not, that's all, that's not comedy. That's a way of doing it. And then it shifts to why, you know, you need to be political. Well, that's just a way of doing it. You know, you, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and you get this uh, real proper confusion and, uh, uh, audiences. I mean, the other thing is audiences don't go to comedy very often. Comics go to comedy all the time. Yeah. But audiences, oh, I never thought about it that way. You know, you know what I mean? I go to comedy all the time. You go to comedy all the fucking time. Audiences don't go very often. They just often. go once a fucking year. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> I've had people say to me, Oh man, you know, on my fan page on Facebook, go, oh man, you know, how do I get to see you live? And you're like, well, I'm on tour again, right? Uh, That's fucking insane. And, and you're on the fan page. And I, I, the other thing is, you know, I'll tweet the tour dates and, and someone will go, hey, when are you coming to, uh, when are you coming to Truro, you know, which is down in Cornwall in the Southwest? Yeah. And I'm like, the last tour, the last tour, the last date of the last tour was in Truro. Oh, why didn't I know about this? Because you're an incurious dick, right? Because <laughs> you because <laughs> you're not that big a fan, or, or, or you'd have you're found out. Dick, that's great. <laughs> and they go, oh, it's not very well advertised. So when well, it was sold out, so it was perfectly well advertised. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know like, and and people are, you know, but that is that thing. Comics go to comedy a lot more than audiences. So we notice the we notice the trends in maybe a way they audiences just. Don't and aren't interested in. I, I'm always blown away when, and this has been happening a lot lately, um, when people go, this was my first comedy show. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to go, oh, why yeah. did you pick me? Yeah, well, no, I, God, I get I would have, I like, I'm, I, I literally say to myself, <laughs> so out of all of them, out of all the really great ones, you pick, I'm, I'm grateful, thank you, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, you definitely should have gone seen David Tell. You yeah. should have seen Bill Burr, David Tell, Louis C.K. But I, get, I, get this, I get this too. You know, you're my first ever comedy show. Going to be seeing some more now. And you kind of think, well, that's good. Yeah. Right? That, that's good. You know, it, it, it's all good in that respect. But kind of like, what distortion of expectations has happened if they come and see me first? <laughs> like, like, yeah. You know, whoever, whoever they go and see, you know, doesn't, won't do half an hour of basically calling the people at the front wankers. You know, like... Uh, it, you know, or whatever, or, yeah. or 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 
maybe they're going to think all stand-ups are characters now or, or, or you know, oh, you just don't know. so interesting. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Now, what, what's a punter when you call someone a punter? Oh, it's an audience member. It means somebody's paid for paying. I mean, it's oh. actually an old word that prostitutes used for their johns, you know, like a, oh, really? a, a punter, yeah. I was like, I, like there's, you know, it's so funny as I watch your act, I go, like, I, I just go, I, I, I have the opportunity to ask him what that word means because I'll see him later. Yeah. Like one of the things I thought I was like, this is going to sound horrible, but yeah, I go, yeah. how does divorce work here? Do you have to, do you, is it the same in the States where they get half your money or do you have to pay uh, them? Is there alimony? Well, yeah, there's alimony and. It's the same? Yeah, it's, yeah, although yours differ from state to state, though, don't they? As well? LA, so California get, LA they get was... half immediately oh. for the rest of your life. You get half. Oh no, no, no! Here it's different. Here you, we, we, it all changed about. (laughs) I mean, I've been divorced twice, so you're talking to the right guy. Um, uh, My first marriage, we kind of earned the same. We had some joint savings. We just bought a house, and we just split all down the middle, and off we went. And I didn't owe her, her any money. She didn't owe me any money. We didn't have any kids, so we didn't have any ongoing obligations. And that's that. That's what the law. Was she uh, was she in the arts too? Yeah, she's she worked in television. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know we 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 went our separate ways, and that was the end of that. And and the law that's what the law did in that instance. But my second marriage, you know, I we got kids, and and so you know, I did <laughs> the biggest tour I've ever done, where I did arenas and and uh, and stuff, um, was when I was getting divorced, and uh, and. Uh, and just in the like last month I was touring, we did, we did a load of arena shows. And that's when the settlement got drawn up. And I remember looking at the audiences thinking, you fuckers. Because <laughs> they're obviously all, they're sat there thinking, wow, he's doing well. You know, he's making a, he's yeah. making a few quid here. This is, this is good. Because we did, you know, we did the, we ended up at the O2, which is like 15,000 people. Did two nights of that. Did arenas all over the country. And you could tell that they're thinking, you know, you know, the boy's done good and all that. And I didn't see a penny from that tour because it all went into the divorce settlement. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so you're, you're looking out there thinking this – and you're on stage thinking, this should be my moment of oh, triumph. Oh, fuck and me. And it fucking isn't. It fucking isn't. And, uh, and you know, and, and, you know uh, the long and short of it is I didn't want that marriage to end at the time. Yeah. Um, although, you know, I'm, I'm well out of it on reflection. But, but that, that, so you're thinking – I, you know, I've got to give all these people <laughs> this fucking money because of that, because oh of that woman. Ah, you know, and uh, and the thing is that uh, that show didn't really have anything about that in it at all. I hadn't, I, I hadn't put it through the filter, you know, um, yeah, through the to put it through the mincer. I mean, other stuff has since turned up, and a lot of other stuff since. Really, um, you know, but but that's what I do with the act anyway. You feed a subject, and it comes out backwards. You, you know, there's a friend of mine who I've used quite, who's a, a religious guy who I've used quite a lot, but he'd never recognized the, you know, oh. the thing he said, how it's gone and come processed and come out the other oh, end. That's of my a problem. 10 minute routine, you know? I say their name in it. <laughs> I did this joke about this kid. Uh, <laughs> this kid's name's John Henry. Yeah. In my last special. My, I met his mom at, at a, at a, at a orientation for school and she said, yeah. uh, my son's name's John Henry, and that's what I call my dick. Right, so yeah. So I start talking to her about John Henry, about he's my best friend. He lives down south. <laughs> His next-door neighbor's an asshole. He's got two roommates. And so I do the whole thing, and then and then I tag it differently than it really happened. Yeah. This was 
this was Georgia was in first grade. She's in seventh now. So this yeah. was like six years ago. She emailed my wife and was like, I'm assuming the joke about Bert's dick is my son. And I was like, I got, it's a true story. That's his name. Yeah, it's yeah. a real person. Yeah. yeah. And she, well, I don't call your boy John Henry. Yeah. And, yeah. and she and my wife's like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't speak to them. We don't, yeah. we haven't, we don't go to school with them anymore. But like, I, <laughs> but I was like, and so that's my problem is I like the reason, you know, the reason the, the story, you know, the story that I have that it went viral. It's like a yeah. 23 million views. It's about the Russian mafia. The reason yeah. it went viral is because the first people to comment were the kids in my class that I robbed. Oh my God. And they com- they were the first people to comment and they started tagging each other in it going, hey guys, yeah. this is Bert's story. And they were like, and they were writing in, the story is 100% true. We were on this train. He robbed us. And then they started putting pictures of the trip of the robbery oh, on amazing. the comment section. And so people saw it and their first instinct was, hold on. What I'm about to see is 100% true, and I, and I didn't change anyone's name. I left everyone's name the same. Yeah. And so everyone, and then everyone that had heard it before, you know, maybe 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 a million people, two million people that yeah. heard it before, all then went to it and went, hold on, that shit was true, and then they went, yeah, they, 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 they share it, and yeah, yeah, and so then that was like that was like the fucking crazy. That's my problem <laughs> is I fucking keep it so yeah 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 like I like I'm. Yeah, and so I'm doing jokes about my daughters, and and as I as I punch them up, they're like, "Hold on, that's not true." And you're like, "Fucking, give, cut me some slack." <laughs> Isla's really dyslexic. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. That really is. So, so when when you, I want to ask. I know this is. We've been on for about an hour fifteen. We'll, yeah, cool. I won't go too much longer. Yeah, no worries. But I am curious. Uh, because I watched a documentary about Russell Brand. Yeah. About him trying to get into politics. Yeah, yeah. And then you actually went and ran for parliament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, what, how does Well, that, that was because of Russell. Really? Um, it, to, to, great, to, to a greater or lesser degree, yeah. Well, uh, and also because the, the pub landlord, right, um, you know, is anti-European and all this sort of stuff. But, but, but and when I first started doing him, that was a fringe opinion, being really obsessed and sort of hallucinating about what the EU was like, was a fringe opinion. And now it's squarely in the mainstream of British What's politics. the country where you go, uh, they're surrounded by this, surrounded by this? this oh, that's, Switzerland, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's a flat yeah. you wouldn't yeah, yeah, sell. Yeah, you never sell that flat, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Germans upstairs, Austria's to write them, French to left them, Italians down below. You'd never sell that fucking flat, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, um, and that was that was that was a fringe opinion, and it's completely mainstream now. So, and also because Russell had, and the thing Russell did in the midst of all that is at one point he said, "Don't there's no I don't vote. Why don't you vote? I don't vote because as far as I can tell, it doesn't make any difference to anything. What's the point, right?" And the problem with that for me is, as we've seen, it really does make a difference, and that's how you get President Trump is because people vote, yeah, and also because people don't vote when they ought to. Right? A lot of people said, I don't want to vote for either of them, so they yeah. just didn't yeah. vote. Well, well done. Bravo. And, yeah. uh, you, you know what I mean? And, and, the, the, and, and I, the thing is, I'm nowhere near as well as known Russell, as well known as Russell. But I just, just sort of thought, the, 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 the problem here is this sort of, because it's a kind of fashionable nihilism. It's a fashionable shrug. And it doesn't get anyone anywhere. So I thought, rather than do the didactic thing of going, well, you ought to vote, I thought, I'd just get involved. I'd do a thing where we ran a completely joke campaign. 
and we ran where this guy Nigel Farage, who's been one of the driving forces of of this Brexit thing, um, where he was running because he was trying to get into Parliament. I thought, well, we'll run there. It's the obvious place to run because it's where all the attention for those ideas will be. Yeah, and it and it'll be really really funny, right? And we ran a completely fake joke campaign and you know we did a 10 point manifesto like we're going to put an extra 20p into the pound so the pound is worth one pound 20 right <laughs> shit like that anyone who goes to hospital and there's nothing wrong with them will be sent you know to uh, the emergency room or hospital and there's nothing wrong with them will be sent to other departments to be practiced on all this sort of stuff right yeah all the hot hot political issues we had a joke you know 12 gag manifesto um, you know, Britain will be leaving the EU. EU will be leaving Europe by 2020, and the solar system by 2050. That that's sort of shit, right? Yeah. And and we formed a political party, registered it properly, and I registered to run for parliament. And we, you know, we did all the stuff. And the thing is, I mean, and we, we did it because rather than ju- like I say, rather than just say, "Hey, kids, you should vote. Voting's vote, voting's." kind of your duty or voting's cool or voting gives you is your voice your chance to change things. just put yourself up for election and then you know because that's the way of, that that's a if you're a comic that's a more effective way of doing it and a funnier way of doing it you yeah know? and we the shit we got for it was amazing really yeah people really livid with me mainly farage's supporters who who just could not cope with their guy um being laughed at or someone trying to laugh at that guy. Yeah. They just could not handle it. Now, who is this guy? Oh, well, God, there's a, there in hangs a tail. Did he, he get elected? No. So he didn't, he didn't win. Um, uh, I picked up 318 votes on the night, which, which, um, I lost the office sweepstake. We had a, like the bunch of us working on the project and, uh, I, I thought I was going to get about 700. So I was, you know, usual thing. I can't estimate how many people there are. And, um, and he, d- he didn't win. And it was a big, big setback for him the year before last him not winning it was like and and i got myself on stage next to him when they announced the result and did all this oh my god you know it's terrible if you look it up on 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 youtube al murray and nigel farage south fan it i put because they they what they do i mean the really funny thing about this is a load of conspiracy theories on the internet sprung up as to why i was doing it as to why i'd run and you could tell people to you blue in the face i'm doing it because we're joking you know we're just taking a piss don't worry about it get over yeah. it yeah you know and you could tell people that to blue in the face and go no there's more to it than that the bbc have put you up to it and i don't work for the bbc um the bbc have been given money by the eu and they've put you up to it i don't know what you're talking about and there was one that i was there's was a persistent rumor that i'm a cousin of david cameron who's the former prime minister and that he put me up to it and that's an amazing um that's just the most brilliant um, bit of conspiracy stuff because my family, you know, I said my family's kind of posh. Yeah. You, it, there's this thing where the guy, who, the author of Vanity Fair, a guy called William Thackeray, is my great, great, great grandfather. There's just a thing I know about my family, right? He started Vanity Fair? He wrote, no, he wrote the book that the magazine's named after. Oh, really? It's a satirical novel. He was a contemporary Dickens. But it doesn't mean, it means, it means jack shit now. Yeah. But it's just a thing I know about my family. And, and so it comes up. And so there's this website that do people's family trees, genealogy website, and they'd found someone in Thackeray's family married to someone in Cameron's family. And they do a press release every year where they put this stuff up. So people go, oh, that's interesting. I'll go look at my family tree. That's so funny. 
and it's mad. And the year before, they'd done Obama and the Kardashians or something. You know, you, cause, because, to be honest, you go far enough back with anyone, everyone's related. It's, yeah. it's just sort of bullshit. Anyway, so, so Cameron and I, we are not cousins, not by any measure. It's two people in our families 200 years ago who got married, but we're not the product of, of that. Yeah. You leave that alone on a message board, um, and, it, and it turns into, he's my first cousin, and he's put me up to doing it, he's paying me to do it. Oh. And I'd have people on a daily basis on Twitter, more than a daily basis, saying that to me, because they've obviously been off on some message board for idiots and discussed yeah. it and come up with their theory. It was amazing. So there's that conspiracy theory. Um, the, you know, because the idea that a guy would just do it to take the piss... The simplest explanation yeah. was too difficult. It was too hard for them to wrap their head around. Too, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but we did, you know we ran this campaign where I was gonna because there's this there's this um, uh, thing where they where they put candidates into into seats in this country they call it parachuting a constituency in yeah right it's what a constituent in where they parachuting a candidate in rather to the constituency and so we did we were gonna do a thing where I literally parachuted in right I was gonna yeah. do, do a tandem jump and all this shit and I and. Uh, <laughs> And because um, this seemed, you know, actually do the thing literally as a as a gag yeah. seemed like a good idea at the time. And um, <laughs> and we've run the phone and uh, sorting this thing out. And they, and they go, and you've got to weigh less than whatever it was, 90 kilos. You know, if you weigh more than that, you can't do it. So I get on the kid's scales at home, my daughter's scales at home. And I'm, I'm underweight. I'm like, brilliant, you know, let's do it. I get there the next morning and I'm about to get on this. Uh, I'm about to parachute. About to go and draw my parachute or whatever. Yeah. Get on the scales, too heavy. So we had to cancel it. And, uh, and so I had to do like a, I had to do, we had all these journalists there, all these TV networks. Oh, so I had to come out and do this, do this statement, like a, you know, when a, like a proper politician when it, something goes wrong and they've got to yeah. spin it. So I had to come out and do all this, you know, I've been held back by health and safety gone mad and all this stuff, all this sort of shit. And I'm the, you know, another victim of the obesity epidemic and all this, all this sort of, um, thing and and even then you had people the conspiracy people online going he was never going to do it he was never going to jump this is a stunt because no i was going to jump out i was going to why would i lie and yeah why would i say i'm obese (laughs) on purpose but you know but but politics and the thing is is a lot of what was going on in the election and this was this was this time two years ago started in january through february a lot of what was going on i didn't realize it was basically how everything was going to turn out in the second half of last year, you know, yeah. when, when everyone, all, all these sort of, and it's the sort of the lunatic fringe, you think everything's a conspiracy and, and that there's some sort of phantom establishment working against them the whole time, that people believe that shit. Uh, yeah, some of my friends. Really? So, oh, yeah, of course. Conspiracy theory is really big in LA. Like, and, I, and I'm even <laughs> pr- prone to it. Like, I, I'll, I'll fall into some conspiracies where you're like, you're like, yeah, what is that fucking deal? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I, my conspiracy theories are like hardcore and I can't even share them because people go, people really go, you don't really fucking believe that. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I just I, think people, um, I always think the main thing with conspiracy theories is it shows what remarkable, what great faith people have in government. You know, if you could, if they can pull off half the things, if the government could pull off half the stuff it's accused of doing, 
And the government's amazing, you know. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? That's well. That's one of the things. Like the big nine eleven conspiracy yeah. that they put people on planes and flew them into Cuba. And you're like, and none of those people talk. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, well, I, the moon landing. You know, like, what is it? A hundred thousand people worked on the on the moon landing. Yeah, and three black chicks. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my daughters are obsessed with that movie. <laughs> They're obsessed. I, I, I'm. This is a. This is a. This is a baby birth of a bit that one day when I'm a better comic, I'll be able to work on. Yeah. But um, they are hardcore feminists. Oh, superb. And, uh, but they say things, they say things, they're 10 and 12. Yeah. So they say things that is the rhetoric of what is happening at our college campuses right now. Yeah, yeah. Where it's thought policing, it's censorship, it's, 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 it's liberalism run amok a tad bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, our, like right right now, our liberals are supporting Sharia law. Yeah, like, they're, like it, they, because they well, don't- yeah, well, no, we've got that. We've got that. We've got we've had that in the left here for quite a while, where where um, Islamists are getting a kind of free pass because no one wants to be accused of being racist. No one wants to be Islamophobic in the yeah. states. Yeah, exactly. Same so thing. then they go, yes. Then they, almost they turn a blind eye to the fact that they kill homosexuals. I've, and, I, had, I had a big chunk of material about that in the show, before, in my show before last. Really? Yeah, which was like if you want to. Where do I hear this? Uh, uh, it's on. A, it's on the previous, the, the, the last DVD I did. We did this whole thing about going. You know, if you want to get away with something terrible, all you got to do is say, "No, it's the way of my people," and then uh, you, you know, and then people go, "Oh, oh, it's all right then." You know, do what you want. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get that. I don't get the backlash from. Muslims, uh, progressive Muslims saying, I, we need to further the culture and make it so that we don't stone women for adultery. Well, yes. The, 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 well, there's or general, it, general I, mutilation. Iana, there's a, that's, I can never remember her name. Ayanna Sanali, she's called something like that, who's a, who's a, who's a progressive. And she's, I she's love had, her. she's had, F, you know, she, she's had, had a clitoris removed. She's had been through all that. I love that chick. De- declared against her religion. And you've got people, liberal people who hate her. And you're like, are you nuts? Imagine how dangerous, dangerous that life is. Imagine how dangerous that existence is. And, and all she's agreeing with is the idea of universal human rights. And, you know, that, li- that's, li- yeah. liber- liberalism is about universalism, isn't it? But, but, but it, it seems seems it's got it. You know, people have got themselves in a in a pickle, haven't they? It doesn't make Basically. sense. I mean, this is why this is why I do think your your pub landlord would work so well in the states well, because there's such a confusion of thought. You know, it used to be the conservatives were trying to the the Republicans and the hard right wing uh, conservatives were trying to uh, squ- squash freedom of speech. Yeah. Now the liberals are saying. If you don't say what we want you to say, yeah, yeah. we don't want you to speak. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if you know who this Milo Yiannopoulos is. Oh, certainly is. I do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I find him fucking fascinating. Yeah. I find him fascinating because he's pretty much just a troll. He's a conservative gay guy. I've listened to him on podcasts before. He is very intelligent. Yeah. He's fun to listen to, but I don't agree with him. I, but I don't. But I would. But I do believe he should say whatever the fuck he wants to say yeah. to whoever wants to but listen. This is the. This is the dilemma, isn't it, right now? Yeah. This is the dilemma right now. And um, uh, what on earth you – how on earth you – I mean, what will happen, though, is there'll be – there will be a natural reaction to that, that, that in itself. There'll be a pushback, won't there? Because, because, uh, because, there's, because there's got to be, isn't there? Otherwise, you're going to end up with censored 
complete censorship. 100% and, censorship. And no one's interested. No one's actually interested in that. Because, of course, the mistake, every, the mistake people who push for sen- against freedom of speech always forget is that they're, if they're calling for someone else's to be um, restricted, they're calling for their own. Yeah. Because, because, you know, your rights are my rights. And if I, if I, once I've shut you up, there's nothing to stop someone else shutting me up. That's, that is where I go, you know, it's, it's the old, it's like, maybe not, not, uh, it's, maybe it's not this adage, but like, be careful. Uh, it's better to date the devil, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, dear, uh, transgendered, um, non-binary students, yeah who don't want Maya Yalanopoulos yeah. to speak, guess what? When you censor that speech, the person that's going to love it the most might be Donald Trump. Yeah. And I promise you in a second, yours will be the first one he takes away. Oh, yeah. Because no one, by the way, no one wants to hear from that my minority of the population. The number of transgenders and uh, people in the United States is smaller than the number of albinos in Tanzania. Mm. And so I guarantee you that that, and so like, I just go, I just don't get it. Like I'm, and I, I don't talk about politics much on stage only because I go, you just end up looking like, you just end up looking bad, you know, yeah. like for me, cause yeah, I'm yeah. a big party guy. I tell big stories. Yeah, yeah. People are like, listen, man, I came out to party. I came out to have a good time. I, I, I'm, you blew me away at the statement. You forget how little people go see stand up considering yeah. to what we see it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. This might be their only fucking time yeah. this year, or ever, or, or ever. Yeah, I mean that could be that could be the that, that's the thing. But yeah, but you're you're right, and uh, uh, there's there is a there is a real problem with this. I mean, my daughter's seventeen, and uh, I remember we were talking about offence, you know, and, and I said, "Well, come on, you know, the way you can look at it is offence is there to people take offence, don't yeah. they?" You know? They don't have a right to take offence. They choose to take it. She's like, oh, you're just playing word games, Dad. And I, and I could hear, hear her trotting out like a, like a standardised reply to that idea. And I know that that, that idea is a standard idea as well, that, oh, people take offence and no one has a right to be offended and everything. But you, you could hear that she'd equipped herself with the standard reply. And then we were talking about it a couple of days later. She goes, no, that's actually, you're right. That's bullshit, the thing I was, the thing I was trying out on you, that yeah. argument that, that, you know, that, 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 if you if there's no right to say offensive things, there's no right to say anything, because anything is technically anything is offensive if you want if you decide to make it so, isn't it? Absolutely anything. And if you get into religion and blasphemy, everything's blasphemous if it yeah. doesn't agree with that religion. You know, we we've, we've got this th- problem with blasphemy here. Well, but just <laughs> what's bla- blasphemy is when you talk against bad against God. Yeah, when you talk about when you di- when you di- disrespect a religion, basically. Yeah. And you know we used to have blasphemy law here, um, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that was built around the Christian Church, you know, because the church is part of the state. The Anglican Church is the Church of England's part of the state here, so it was it had legal protections built in, and they were got rid of. Prob- I think maybe fifty years ago. And there's you know there's been a pushback since to try and get it for other other minority religions. You can't fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> And there, there, there was quite a robust campaign against it, you know, um, three, four years ago. You know, we, we, I think, I can't remember, I think I signed a petition, but you're just thinking, you know, f- f- this is, f- f- just fuck off. You know, no, no, no argument really with yeah. it. Just like, fuck off, don't tell me what I can and can't say. You know, uh, uh, and the thing is, I, I get that there are 
things that are rude and things you don't say at dinner parties and things that... But you, the moment you start saying that it's illegal to use certain kinds of speech, you are screwed. A hundred fucking percent. And we don't have the First Amendment here. We, we, we don't have it. We, we, we've, we've got this sort of weird thrashed out version of freedom of the press, but we don't have a First Amendment. So we don't have that protection. Um, uh, so w- what does that look like? Well, it looks like it looks like because we, you know, we don't have a written down constitution here. We have this yeah. sort of sort of amorphous sets of set of traditions, and some of it's written down, and some of it's all really old. I'm so happy that you you rightfully assume what I don't know because I'm like, yeah, I had no fucking clue. Yeah, yeah, the, that, th- yeah. Well, we don't. We don't. We've got this weird like half. It's there's a lot of precedent, and there's old stuff that that suddenly is important and then disappears again and 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 then just re- established practice in our government and all that sort of thing but we don't like i said we don't have so there's no there is no first amendment we have no first amendment rights in this country so there's this really weird um version of press freedom we got and you know we had a big scandal three four years ago with people hacking telephones and spying on people in the media you know yeah. like newspapers doing that i heard and about the, that yeah and the police got involved in that celebrities got involved and some of the papers behaved disgustingly. But then the next thing was you know... Was it The Sun? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, The Sun and The News yeah. of the World. And The News of the World, which was a big Sunday newspaper scandal sheet, got shot down. You know, the, Rupert Murdoch, you know, he, he, the scandal was yeah, so massive. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. yeah, the scandal was so massive, he closed the paper. Because they, they'd hacked a dead girl's... A girl had been murdered's phone. Um to, to see what messages, you know, if there are any answer phone messages on it, you know, when, when she while she was missing, and the scandal became so enormous that Murdoch shut the paper down. But but the and that you know that scandal it was a terrible business. But the next thing you know, you have got the government going, or bits of politicians saying, well, yeah, we should control the press actually. And you're like, hold on a fucking second. Yeah, <laughs> no, we shouldn't. You know, and, and especially with the internet. And I was involved in this thing called the the Twitter joke trial. Yeah, you, you yeah. tweeted an obs- what they deemed an obscene. No, he tw- well, no, he tweeted what they deemed to be a terror threat. So it's this oh, guy. That's right. And this is when the, this is. I mean, this is when they were like. Wait, th- tell me all of this. If all you right, could. okay, I'll tell you right from the start. This is a good story because it's really mad, right? Yeah. This is five years ago, so it's when or six years ago, five years ago. Uh, it's when Twitter. You know, when uh, when I I've mean, got four hundred thousand followers, something like that now, and at the time I had three thousand. Twitter was miniature at the yeah. time and there was this guy this guy called paul chambers who was a trainee accountant and he'd met a girl on twitter who lived over in northern ireland um and he was going to go see her because he they were finally going to go go meet you know paul and sarah and uh and he goes and looks on the and he was a week before he was going he looks on the he looks on the internet looks at the weather at the airport he was flying out from and it was snowing so he tweets crap um, uh, and the airport was called Robin Hood Airport. It goes, crap, Robin Hood Airport is closed. They have just over seven days to get their shit together or I'm blowing the place sky high, right? It's a joke. That is a joke, it is right? A joke. <laughs> just over a week to get their shit together. As, 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 as threats go, you know... It, just over a week. Just yeah, over yeah. a week. It's, just, it, it's a joke, right? And he'd been talking to her already in, her men- in, in the mentions, joking about, oh, shit, I can't come and see you. What if the weather goes wrong? I really want to see... You know, like, having a conversation. So, the Sunday night, the off-duty, the off-duty security guy at the airport does a Google search or, or a Twitter search on what people are saying about the airport. Yeah. Right? Paul's tweet comes up. And I don't think anyone retweeted it or liked it or favorited it or whatever. Paul's tweet comes up and he's going, oh, blimey, that, 
that has the shape of a terror threat. Um, I better tell my boss. So in the morning, he tells his boss. Oh, yeah. Let's sleep on it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Let's, 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 yeah. Exactly. Goes in Monday morning, tells his boss. His boss goes, well, you know the protocol. We've got to report it to the police. So they report it to the police. And the next thing know, next thing Paul knows, the police turn up at his office and arrest him for a malicious communication under the Electronic Communications Act or whatever it was, 2003, which is a bit of law written in 2003 um, – or in 2002, I can't remember anyway, by the, by the government at the time, the Blair government, because of 9-11. Because after 9-11 and after the f- war in Afghanistan, you had people doing websites where they'd, go, where they'd, have, where they'd film a 9-11 going, look at, you know, isn't this brilliant? Look at the infidels copying it. And they'd have film of car bombs blowing up in Afghanistan going, you know, another infidel bites the dust. Yeah. That horrible shit, right? Horrible shit, but that has political context, but horrible shit. So they passed an act to get those websites shut down. Paul's tweet fell under that law, right? One way or another. Yeah. So he loses his job as a trainee accountant. Jesus. Um, he's found, a th- I can't remember, if he, I think he was told, maybe, was t- I can't remember if he was told to ple- plead guilty at the time, but anyway. So he, so, and he gets a suspended sentence, whatever. Now, of course, he then wants to go and live with Sarah, because ha- by then they're having, a, you know, they're in a relationship. But, she lives in Northern Ireland where there's a long history of terrorism and poor old Paul is trying to move to somewhere where they take a pretty dim view about people with, <laughs> with terror, terror convictions. Yeah, terror convictions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's totally fucking farcical. So I got involved in the appeal to, to um, you know, and, um, um, and, you know, this is a, early Twitter campaign and, and a load of, pe- there was a load of people tweeting, I'm Spartacus and a load of people tweeting the same Tweet, you know, holy, you know, crap, Robin Hood airport's closed. Loads of people tweeting the same tweet. And very often attaching their local police station and going, when are you going to arrest me? Do you want me to come down the station? Oh, my God. You know, um, and I think someone did go down the station. They told, you know, they said, you're wasting, we'll arrest you for wasting police time. Fuck off, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so I got involved with them. We did a gig. We did quite a big gig, quite a starry gig for Paul and, uh, to raise his legal fees. And we had, we had one appeal hearing with um uh with uh um one of the top lawyers in the country and and like i said we got no fir- first i know i said we got no first amendment thing but we've got this weird thing called article 10 which is a bit of european law that we got from when we were in the eu which still counts but will disappear yeah which gives you a right to a freedom of expression but qualified within certain you know, it's a woolly bit of European law, yeah. right? So, so, and the problem is... I'm the, still stuck on, I'm blowing this thing sky yeah, no, no, high. It's just, it's just bullshit, it's just isn't it? such a funny... It's just, yeah. I, they got a week to get their shit together yeah. or I'm blowing this shit you, sky and you, high. And, and the thing is, all the papers said he, he made a bomb threat. He didn't. He said yeah. he was going to blow the place sky high. He didn't specify how. Yeah. And, they, and, and then you'd have people saying, well, it's like when you get to customs and they say, what have you got in your bag? And you go, I've got a hand grenade. And, 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 and you're going, no, it isn't like that. Because he didn't, because he didn't fucking do that. He made a he made a, a crap joke on on uh, on Twitter. Anyway, yeah. so so we lo- we didn't win our first appeal. So then we uh, we drew, it, we they had two judges and it drew. So we went to the the high court and got the got the Lord Chief Justice. You know, the, the he decided to hear it. Yeah, because there'd been a, there'd been a lot of ba- stuff in the paper saying this is. Re- this is ridiculous. And what happened is it shifted from the papers going, well, he's a silly boy, um, to it, uh, the press realising that it was, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. 
and we got all the way, you know, we got all the way to the top and defeated the government and it was, it was fucking brilliant. But, but, but since then people have been, have been jailed for jokes since because they're, because their lawyers don't know that, that, you know, we've got this precedent and, and they get them to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Just plead guilty and just take the plea. You're not going to go to jail. Actually what they should do is dispute it. And not because they never, no one ever goes to jail for this. They get, but they get, you know, they get, get a criminal record. They get it on their record, you know, which is a, which is bullshit. Yeah. And, and there's some people, I mean, there have been some people tweeting really vile things, but oh. still, but still, you know, the freedom of speech means we now know that guy's an arsehole. It, if, if, if that's what freedom of speech is for, it's for revealing things as much as anything else. And thank God, because I go through, people tweet mean shit, yeah. and then I go through their timeline and I go, oh, that's all you do. Yeah, that's oh, that's who you are. You're yeah, blocked. Yeah, yeah, You're muted. Yeah, I know who you are now. Thanks. You know, we're the, exactly. But but no, this Twitter joke trial was it was a and it was a it was a it was a really big deal at the time and um uh and you know and we got Paul off and and he, you know his life continues now. He's he's sort of but but I got involved because because if I'd tweeted that gag, no one would have batted a fucking eyelid because I'm yeah. a comic. So they go, oh, well, you got your license, you have the freedom to do that, and he should. Idiots should be allowed to make jokes as well. <laughs> was, was, was your dad? Is your dad still alive? Yeah. yeah. Is it, was he a conservative guy or liberal guy or? Well, my dad was. Well, that's a good. He was question. in the military, right? Yeah, he was in the military, and then he and he worked at the at the railway when it was the state when it was you know nationalised. It was the state railway, and and in the army they all thought he was a socialist, and in the railway they all thought he was you know a conservative. So. Um, he he likes playing devil's advocate, my dad. So oh yeah, yeah. What does yeah. he think of? What does he think of the pub landlord? Um, he loves it, and, and he does that thing. I don't know which bits I agree with, and which bits are obviously just jokes. <laughs> That's fucking great, <laughs> which I love. And and uh, and my mum doesn't like the bad language, but but oh really? That's mum's for you, really. Yeah, yeah. I oh think. really? Yeah, she can't stand it. I know she can't stand it. Oh, good. by the way, your mum would hate my act. Well, yeah, Ugh. just going, oh, I don't know how you remember it all. That, that's what she was kind of, only, you know, and I'm kind of like, mum, it's, it's all right. That bit's good. But I do wish, because I, I used to have this really, I had this routine where I'd say cunt like 35, 40 times. Yeah. Well, I'd do this thing of two British guys talking about the weather and then talking about sports. Because in this word, in this country, it's a different word. It, it's not quite as offensive. Cunt, and it, oh, and it, don't worry. I say it in my act. Well, cool. Yeah, but yeah. but I know because I've in America, I've in, you know with friends in conversation, drop drop the C bomb, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you." Oh, that was that's changed a tad bit. Oh, is it? Oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's, and I don't know what made it change. Maybe not to everyone. Like I yeah. just said it in Lexington, Kentucky, where you'd think that would it it gets an audible gasp. Yeah. Like it, but it, but I don't think it's as bad as it was ten well, years I, ago. Well, before I did a lot of telly, I'd do it in the show, and no one bat an eyelid in the live yeah. show. You do some TV, and then you get a whole load of new people come see you, and they're like, they're amazed anyone will say it even out loud, you know. And I've got, I use it once in this show, the current show, right at the top of the show, because I think what we're going to do is, <laughs> you know, yeah, set out my stall. Here it comes, you know, you, anything can happen from now on. And uh, do all your hours turn into DVDs? This last one hasn't because because the arse has fallen out of the DVD market. But I mean, do you are you recording them all and putting them online? Yeah, I'm recording all of them. Yeah, yeah, and put them yeah, online. We haven't recorded this one yet. I love that's it's the best thing. Yeah, I literally was going through. I mean, I watched your TED talk. I watched. I oh, really. Oh, I, I well because I it started with someone sending me one clip. Yeah. This one guy and he knows who he is. 
because I put it out in the podcast, <laughs> and I was like, I want to podcast someone, a British comic that I don't know. Yeah. And uh, and he sent me the clip. He's like, watch this and fucking hit him up. And I watched it, and I was like, I was like, oh, nice, nice. And then and at first I was like, and then you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is a character. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, my God, he shaves his head before he goes out on tour? Oh, yeah. Like, that's fucking insane. Yeah, I'm not bald. You know, I've I, I, two weeks ago, I had, I had a full head of hair and a beard and everything. And, the, and, and I get this thing with my partner. She's going, oh, no, is it all got to come off? And I'm like, yeah. You, got, you know, the, people think I'm fat and bald, so I've got to give them that. God damn it. <laughs> It, I'll tell you what, man. This has been an absolute treat. I could talk no, to li- you for... Likewise, we could talk forever, could we? I could literally talk to you forever. I, I want you to come to the States, and I want you to do, I want you right, to do well, some I'll, dates. I'll speak to my manager, and we'll... we'll talk to your manager to you, and yeah. tell him, like, get into, like, the New York Comedy Fest. I yeah. think they're probably booking that right now. Yeah. Like, have When a, is it? Uh, I don't know, but it's... Right. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably summer. I'm right. just guessing. Cool. Um... But or or book a date at the Wilbur or yeah. at uh, the Trocadero in yeah. in L A in in Philly yeah. But I I think there's enough expats. Yes, you probably make up the numbers anyway because that's the thing when you go abroad you kind of it's yeah. kind of weird you're playing playing an ex. I mean the last time I was in New Zealand I assumed it was all expats and it was only like it was only like half a dozen but but anyway no I could t- I could I, I wish I could come to your show tonight but I got I've got. Drum business this evening, so I can't make it. No, no, no. It's uh, it's fucking late. I'm <laughs> I'm regretting. I'm regretting. I, I'm I. Well, I got hit up by a bunch of fans going, "You have to do a show." Yeah. And so I was like, okay. I was like, there's no way I'm moving more than a hundred tickets on a when what is it? What, Tuesday it's a Wednesday. Night? Yeah. Wednesday night. And I go because uh, Wednesday night's the only night I can work. I'm going to some castle with yeah. the girls tomorrow, and so I go. I'll just I'll just do a hundred. And I got an offer for a six hundred seater, and I was like, no, there's no way yeah. I can sell six hundred seats. And then this sold out in like a matter of minutes. So that's what you want, though. You want the room to be hot. Yeah, but I feel, I feel really guilty that I didn't <laughs> at least do a little extra work and see if there was something in between yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 seats and 600 seats. Yeah, yeah. Because I got a lot of people going, you've, you're doing something else, right? And you're like, oh, fuck. I was like, I can't turn it into a work week. And then part of me goes, I, I feel like they just want to drink with me anyway. Yeah. So I was like, just meet me at a pub. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll put out a pub that I'll go in one afternoon. Well, how long are you here for? I leave Sunday. Ah, oh, shit. Because I'd say... Yeah. I'd say I'd, I can't come out tonight and I'm working for the rest of the week. Otherwise, I'd say either we, we meet for a drink or we go, you come see a show, but... I'd love to see your show. But yeah, they're all out of town. Oh, yeah. This is a problem. It's the thing that sucks about being a comic. It's yeah. like the people you have the most in common with, yeah. the people that are easiest you to talk see. to, you never fucking see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah, and my yeah. buddy uh, just went, uh, my best friend's a comedian, very, very popular. He's yeah. getting a lot of traction in the States right now. You'd love him. His name's Tom Segura. He's right. so fucking funny. Yeah. And we did a big podcast with Rogan about losing weight, and we got a, yeah. a reward because we both lost weight. Joe flew us up to San Francisco and we were like, and he literally the whole time he's like, we need to do this again, man. Like we don't ever see each other. Yeah. Like we only talk on the phone and we never spend any time. He's like, let's do a gig in New Mexico together. He's like, let's do a gig in Montana together. Somewhere where we don't have a following yeah. that you just go and do like a small theater. And yeah. It's no, not one person's. I mean, he's going to overwhelm ticket sales obviously, but, and we were like, yeah, let's do something like that. But yeah, that's why I want you to come to the States. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll talk, I, I, seriously, because it, it is a thing we've, it's a thing we've not got around to doing yet, and I do want to do. I mean, I because the thing is, is I, 
one of the things I kind of I know what buttons to push here now, and I kind of know how to make that work, and I've figured that out for Australia a bit and New Zealand and everything, but never the states. And it's the it would seem to me that that's you know that's the last thing to because there's a bit there's a bit of me that thinks you know we were talking about me about being lazy before I can do this this shtick here now till the for the rest of my life if I want to and yeah. it really doesn't involve it involves I've got to sit down and do the work to make it to to come up with it but it's but the know. tickets are selling themselves yeah. and yeah. you can just show yeah. up yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's and all it's that like, so it'd be yeah. quite interesting to go somewhere where you know you walk on stage you think right what the fuck is gonna work it would be what cool would... to see it would be cool <laughs> it'd be it really it'll be a, it would be a really interesting experience to go to a place like new york with a bunch of expats yeah. that would come out to see you but a bunch of new yorkers who i think would fucking eat you a lot yeah. they'd love you they'd be like i'm telling you man it's like it, it's one it there's so much connectivity to what that character's saying yeah. and what's going on in our country yeah. right now, and so well, much. Okay, well, I'll 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 make the necessary calls, and and I, it'll all be your fault if it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so funny! I you I, I could have seen a show, and you you're doing a full blown character. Now he's not the pub landlord; he's a tire salesman, yeah. and he's got an American accent, yeah, well, and he's just know. talking American politics. You never know; that might be the way of doing it. You know, God, that's so rebadge it, yeah. Oh. Well, dude, I really sincerely appreciate you doing this. I know, my real pleasure. It's very nice to meet you. I'll and, put uh, this out next week. Yeah, cool. And uh, and do me a favor. Where can all my fans that are straight like Ohio, yeah. California, Florida, Texas, who have never heard of you, yeah. where can they find all your stuff? Well, on YouTube. I mean, uh, there's a... YouTube is... Like, you can find all his stuff. My- all my stuff is on YouTube. God help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all his stuff's on YouTube and your, your Twitter's... Al Murray. At Al Murray. It's Al Murray. So it's at Al Murray. Uh, Al Murray. The 318 is the people who voted for me. That's why it's on there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The 318. What's Al short for? Alistair. I'm an Albert. Are you? Yeah. Everyone's making fun of me this week going, I can't believe you're an Albert. So you went for the Al, you went for the Bert, and I went for the Al. Yeah. (laughs) I could have got it up with Butchie. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.